What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 40th draft of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside my BFCA buddy, Eric Marchin. We did it, Matt. 40. We did it. We're 40 years old. Is that what that means? I think we make this joke every 10 episodes. I know. <laughs> um, how you doing, buddy? Uh, well, we just finished recording a TIFF Talk 2019 special, which you can go and listen to right now on uh, the Untitled Movie Podcast. Yes, if you're already listening to this, uh, we hope you've already listened to that episode. If not, it is the 39th draft, which we just recorded and posted right before this. Uh, you guys should definitely check it out. We spent two two hours <laughs> going over the 50 plus films that were announced in the first wave of uh, Toronto International Film Festival uh, special presentations and galas um, it was a uh, it, it's a great lineup uh, we went into detail on every single one uh, talked about the ones that we knew a little bit more about some of them was we just kind of glanced over but uh, I know we're both pretty excited to kind of dive a bit deeper, and um, but definitely go check out that episode. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff coming, and you'll hear a lot about TIFF uh, m leading up into September throughout the summer from us. Uh, each week, I'm sure we'll have some sort of update because they usually do weekly announcements uh, for from the rest, now until yeah, the rest of the summer for yeah. the most part until like mid-August until when it's all kind of locked in the in the and book. even then it's not like you know there's always a last minute strike yeah every some now things and then. that like they'll add at the very last minute and that don't even make it into the book or anything like that but um uh, we'll we'll see man but definitely check out that episode it was uh it was pretty cool yeah I, I, I'm really digging this year's lineup um, but if you guys didn't know, uh, the podcast that you're listening to is the Untitled Movie Podcast, where each week Eric and I get together, sometimes twice a week, uh, to uh, or, but in the same day, spoilers, uh, to talk about uh, what's going on in our lives, uh, what's going on in the movie industry, what trailers are out right now, um, what you can watch at home, uh, all of that jazz. Um, you can get this podcast each and every week, uh, usually Mondays, depending on our schedule. Um, this week, you get a double dose of us. So we appreciate if you listen to probably close to four hours of us D -D, this week. Double D. Uh, if you like this, we have another podcast called The Untitled Movie Reviews, where Eric and I get together and uh, review a new release film. Uh, it could be upcoming to theaters, it could be now playing in cinemas, or it could be on streaming services. Uh, most recently, um, we have reviews up for The Lion King and The Farewell, and uh, we should have a review for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, uh, either up right now or up very soon, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. So please go check out those. That's on a separate channel called Untitled Movie Reviews. Those podcasts are about... 20 to 30 minutes in length uh where we were a little bit more professional and chump we, change compared uh, <laughs> to uh these <laughs> two hours talking about episodes um, and we try to be a little bit more professional giving the movies a, a rating at a five and things like that so check that out other than that eric i know we just talked for two hours but how we you sure been? did we didn't go over the whole rigmarole in the in that episode it was uh, specifically tiff talk yeah so now we can kind of go through our normal episode uh what's going on man well uh i think i mentioned it on the tiff episode at the beginning i just got out of a screening of once upon a time in hollywood quentin tarantino's ninth feature film as a director no embargo or anything right so you can... i don't think that there is uh, no, i mean it premiered last night and it played can and yeah things like that. And i mean you added gonna... in two minutes of extra footage which i don't think really changed the movie all that much i mean according to people that 
saw the film again anyways. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it more when you see it. Um, I'm seeing it. When you guys are listening to this, I've probably already seen it. But right. I'm seeing it at the light box because I, I held off because uh, I wanted to see it at the light box. Yeah, but I did see it in pop- proper masking. so Which is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of what I think about the film, I really like it uh, quite a bit. I'm still taking it in. I'm still thinking about it. But it's also a very different Tarantino movie in terms of, you know, where he's where he started and where he is now. Um, You can really feel that, you know, his fetishes and his certain, you know, ticks are all within embedded within the film and his fetishizing of both feet and, (laughs) you know, nostalgic cinema, specifically 1969 and the era in which he grew up and he remembers as a child and, you know, with the backdrop being uh, the Manson murders as well. But at the same time, the thing that kind of took me uh, by surprise is it's a, it's a much more thoughtful film than I was expecting it to be. When you think of Tarantino, you automatically think of, you know, snappy dialogue, that's hyper violence, hyper violence. And those things are there. But it's done in a way that's a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more mature. A, you know, it is it is a hangout film. And it reminded me a lot of Jackie Brown. Now, I just recently watched Jackie Brown again. I hadn't seen it in a little while. Um, and I really like that movie as well. But it's usually always the film that's kind of on the, uh, on the cusp of Tarantino's filmography. It's not the one that's really talked about too much. And this is kind it's of... It's not as flashy, right? No, no. It, and it's more character-driven. I mean, there's a, a central love story between Pam Greer and Robert Forster. And with this, the central relationship is a, is a friendship between a stuntman and a insecure professional actor. And in my opinion, DiCaprio's performance in this movie is... 10 times better than his Oscar-winning performance in The Revenant. And Pitt has this effortless kind of cool quality um, that is, again, very laid back. And I don't think a lot of people could pull that off unless they had the career that Pitt has has you know gone through. And, and just watching a movie like this, you're just impressed with everything that Tarantino was able to do in terms of production design, set, being able to close off large sections of like Los Angeles Hollywood, to yeah. shoot this thing and and you know a lot of it detailed in in terms of like, you know, the design of the late 1960s into the early 70s. Um and then I mean a lot of people I won't say anything more than what people have already echoed, but the last act takes a very unexpected turn so it's um definitely worth checking out and if you are a diehard tarantino fan it would be interesting to get you know your thoughts on it especially someone like yourself because yeah you, you love tarantino as, as much as i do yeah and, and this to me felt a little bit different and not in a bad way just in i was just I was different yeah. taken off guard with it but it has everything that you would expect as well with tarantino but it again it feels like you're seeing a a, a filmmaker who is now mastered a certain amount of his craft and he is assured enough as a filmmaker not to always rely on his kind of flashy, hyper-violent, stylized techniques. That they're there, but he can also tell a really interesting story and I think he needed to put on those kid gloves with handling the Manson murders and Sharon Tate specifically. 
I'm super pumped still, and I, I'm I'm glad I'm talking to you about your reaction first. I think it. I I, I mean, obviously, I I'm not sure quite what to expect but i i still am very excited but yeah um, it's not like bastards where as soon as i finished watching that movie i knew right away that i was like in love with the film yeah. and i could have rewatched it i rewatched it two nights ago man it's so fucking good right after that first yeah. watch but with this it's like i want to see it again and i feel like one watch isn't enough for this movie to really kind of sink your teeth into and, and and sort of dissect it because there's there's a lot more going on than what's on the surface and especially with the cuts and the editing. I will say like I I, I think Sally Menke was is you couldn't replace her and as yeah. much as Fred Raskin is a decent enough editor, um, there's just some times where you can tell like she would she's have, missing yeah, yeah and like, like that there's a bit of a, a tone that's kind of off with with his cutting and pacing yeah i would agree i mean i i again i love tarantino i've gone back and rewatched uh most of his stuff um i mean as we get into the what we've been watching which we basically have already started um i feel like i haven't loved any of his stuff since bastards probably and that's not saying that i don't think django and hateful eight are fantastic movies um i just and and obviously uh, Sally Menke's last movie was Bastards, correct? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of saying something. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm down with everything you're saying. I'm I'm open to it. Again, as much as Jackie Brown is probably my least favorite, it, it doesn't mean I think it's a bad movie. Um, like structurally, it's closer to Pulp Fiction, but it feels like it's a it's a character hangout movie like you're yeah. kind of just hanging out with these characters against the backdrop of 1960s I'm, Hollywood. I'm, I'm open to that um yeah. couple questions for you this sure. isn't spoiling anything um chapter based storytelling yes or no not so it does like chapter real, one come up no with, no 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 but it does do some it, so it's stuff. more like django where it kind of just plays fairly yeah well the the again this isn't giving anything away but the story takes place or the 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 majority of the narrative takes place over the course of three days Mm -hmm. in february right and is it linear or non-linear it's it's linear but there's a lot of sort of non sequiturs to certain things like a character will be thinking of something then it'll cut to a memory but not like bastards or kill bill or a little bit like that at some but what i mean is like specifically example right yes i love that um but Specifically, like chapter one. No, no, that um, is that. not in the movie. But there okay. is something that happens. These are just my little things that I right. like about his style. Obviously, that there I... is something later on that isn't that. But again, I'll talk to you more okay, about it cool. when you see it. And then title sequence, the opening credits. Um, I guess maybe we'll talk off. I don't yeah, know if yeah, that's that's another thing that like... again, like it's not necessarily a spoiler, and it wouldn't ruin it for you. But like, but if you talk about it, it might like kind of give away. It's not giving, I just like his opening title. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about it once you see it, because it, it, again, it's even a little bit different with, with some of that as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, very excited to see that at the light box tomorrow. Um, yeah, I can go into what I've been watching too. I, I watch bastards. I watch Django. Um, I think Django, uh, gets better and better on, every rewatch for me like yeah. i was a little soft on django for that reason where it is hyper stylized and and um i just missed the th- and not that i want him to do the same thing over and over again but you know me with chapter based storytelling and i just like i love 
um, that kind of stuff, and I felt like that was missing from Django. Um, well, the movie also kind of feels like it has an organic ending with yeah. that one shootout, and before we get to the Australians. Oh yes, right. I like, agree. It, like yeah. it feels like that's the the, the every, climax. He calls yeah. it the squishy moments, where like yeah. you have all the oh, yeah the blood and the the gore. blood and uh, what do they call them? The um, uh, blood bags. Yeah, like that, but they like, can't remember what yeah. there's. I don't know why I'm blanking on this, but yeah, like that sequence feels really like the end of the movie. And then you have basically an epilogue to go back to the house again. And like to get there, it feels like it takes like another 20 minutes. And but I does. still like that movie a lot. Oh, and I, so. I still like that ending. It's just I the whole Australian thing with Tarantino is <laughs> the worst. Yeah, and that was going to be like, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's role. Yeah, which... Uh, I'm sure would have been almost as bad because Levitt with his accents too. But um, uh, Tarantino inserting himself there is just squibs. That's what it is. Yeah. Instead of just being in that one other scene that he's in is he could have cast anyone else. Um, But I I think Django is amazing. And bastards is, I think one of my favorite movies of all time. I just love that movie so much. And it's weirdly watchable, even though it's three hours. Like it's just, Anytime that movie's on, I feel like I could sit and watch it from beginning to end right? and and never look at my phone and just be completely captivated by it. Well, like what Lieutenant Aldo Rain says at the end of the movie, I think this is my masterpiece. And I would say that Pulp Fiction and Inglorious Bastards are the two that are always kind of vying for the top spot in my mind for his best film. For me, it's Bastards and Kill Bill. Um, Pulp Fiction, I just think because that was the film that one put him on the map, but it also kind of changed independent cinema. Matt's pointing to his, uh, his Mondo poster. Yes. Above my computer desk. Yes. Which is a Pulp Fiction poster. Uh, yeah, I agree with you there too. I mean, I love Pulp Fiction. I'm bummed that I missed it at the light box. Um, a week or two ago because it was the same night as Lion King. Yeah. But it's interesting that this is kind of now like you know, unofficially a part of his LA trilogy with Pulp and Jackie Brown. Which and now, Tiff did the... Yeah, Hollywood. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I watched those. Um, oh, I'm looking at what I watched Well, we watched here. some stuff together. Oh, yeah, we did. We can talk about those. We watched two movies together in the last week or so. Uh, we watched, weirdly, Anaconda, and we watched Cliffhanger. Uh, Cliffhanger at our friend Mike's house, and then last week after we recorded the podcast... Uh, we watched uh, Anaconda. Some of the best casting um, choices ever made in in film, I would say, in Anaconda. Yeah, you John Voight so? as a oh my God. Peruvian snake hunter. It's amazing. It's Baby so bird. <laughs> he basically okay, his so, ponytail. So so John Voight is playing a Peruvian snake hunter, and he sounds like he's almost trying to do Al Pacino's Cuban uh, mobster Scarface. and Scarface Tony Montana, but if it was. Uh, Tommy Wiseau. Yep, yep. Baby bird, baby bird. <laughs> Gary, um, get 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 the boat, Gary. <laughs> um, great, great flick. I mean, great in quotation marks. It's but. fun. It's it's a goofy movie, but like you could tell after the success of Jurassic Park, it was like you were getting a lot of reptilian. Yeah, style and and obviously it's also copying movies. a little bit jaws with the pov stuff and like even thinking right now with crawl in theaters like there were a lot of these films like lake placid that came out around you know the mid to late 90s and uh some of them were better than others and and a lot of them were just kind of riffing on uh you jaws know, and jurassic park. jaws and jurassic park and just like the idea of a giant creature attacking a group of people and they have to fend them off and it was interesting just seeing like you know a younger owen wilson and jennifer lopez and eric stoltz who does nothing <laughs> 
<laughs> he lies in a bed the whole time. Eric, we just uh, need you to lie down for the whole movie. Yeah, they get a tracheotomy. and um, Yeah, Baby I had fun Bird. with it. It's one of those movies that's fun to watch with a friend and kind of laugh yeah. at. Yeah. It's really goofy. But again, I kind of have a soft spot for like those kind of like slight creature features like they don't do it like they they don't overstay their welcome and they you know what they are like they're not trying to be anything more than entertainment yeah and then we watched uh cliffhanger yeah at mike's house which is um, actually this is the second time i've seen it this year because i, oh, I really? bought it on 4k yeah and then i rewatched it with you guys again but i had forgot oh, you you did watch it yeah before that oh, but so, it's just one of those movies that i can just throw on yeah. anytime and watch it's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, John Lithgow randomly with a British accent. Uh, a great uh, villain performance. Uh, Stallone is amazing. Well, it's basically um, Die Hard on a mountain. Yeah. I mean, every action star after Die Hard was released had to get their own, you know, yeah. single location. Die Hard location. on a bus. Die yeah. Hard on a... <laughs> Speed, yeah. Under Siege, Sudden Death, Sudden uh, Cliffhanger. Death. Like, all of these movies are single location films where you have the macho guy taking on a terrorist or a group of thieves and you know they get bloodier as they go along and like Stallone like ha- doesn't have like a jacket or sweater half of the time and he's climb he's he's free soloing yeah. before free soloing was really a, a thing. thing yeah uh i had a blast watching that with you guys as well mike hadn't seen it before so he was finally understanding ace ventura 2 <laughs> right so yeah. uh, he's like oh this is where that's from i'm like yes mike <laughs> Yes, isn't it funnier now that you know where it's from? Um, yeah, I, I can't save you. It's so it's so fucking good. I'm um his 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 emotional acting in the scenes where he comes back to get his things. Oh is yeah, amazing. it's so funny when he's like yeah getting his stuff from his girlfriend's house and uh, oh god I I'm curious to see uh, Anna Lily Armapur's uh, like gender bending uh, version of Cliffhanger that she's making. So she's yeah. remaking it. Um, well, she's currently shooting um, her other film though right now. Yeah, uh, Mona she, Lisa and the Blood Moon. Yeah, which she's just finishing up. That I thought might have been a 2019 movie, but is it going to be next year? It'll be next year. Yeah, um, and then she'll start on to Cliffhanger, and it looks like Jason Momoa will probably be the guy who dies at the beginning, unless right. he's the villain or something. But although uh, it would I be think amazing if Jason cam- Momoa was the villain with a British accent. Yeah, they said he's in a cameo, so I'm assuming it. it he or maybe will be. he'll play the dirty old man who's painting those fish uh, portraits. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I also watched uh, Clerks, so um, I went back, I, I think, oh, because we're going to be talking, I know why I did this, um, like, why did I watch <laughs> There's Clerks? a method to your madness. Um, I decided, I, I probably could have done this closer to when this movie is coming out, but when is it coming out? When's the reboot coming out? I, I think it's a Roadshow we'll see. production, because yeah. I mean, hasn't he released his stuff like either via his website or... Yeah, but this one actually has a distributor, right? Oh, it does? It has oh, yeah, Saban. Sa- Saban, Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. <laughs> yeah. So um, it'll be a VOD movie then. Probably. Or limited release in theaters, maybe like one weekend kind of thing, or like, you know, the one night only kind of show. Yeah, like um, Red State had. Yeah. Even though that wasn't Saban. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, I went back and watched Clerks, and um, I think Clerks is uh, very much of its time. Um, I still think 
for its time, it it it, it was a great movie. It's impressive um, what he was able to do yeah. with basically a credit card, a few friends, and, and, a, camera. and a camera. And I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't like the acting. T- I like Randall. I think Randall's still probably my... It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but I, I hate Dante. Dante yeah, actor, is no. the worst. Brian O'Hurley or, or Halloran. Halloran. Like, he is terrible. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Yeah, he's not good. But... Um, but I also think Kevin Smith gives them a lot of dialogue to, like, just regurgitate. And you can tell that they're regurgitating. Yeah, like, I they're think not that was listening the... to each other. They're yeah. just trying to make sure that they... Say the line. Yeah, and they hit their cues. Yeah, and I completely agree. When re-watching it, I notice that more than ever. Um, I do agree with you that Randall is is better and feels more natural. Yeah. Salsa uh, shark. Uh, <laughs> uh, but of its time, the things like uh, it talked about and the way it talked about things, and like I still give it credit for that, as, as crass as it is, but he, he is stuck to his guns, and he's pretty much stayed the same throughout his whole career. Right. Um, yeah, he really his... hasn't evolved. No. I mean, and... I guess you could say like, He's tried with Cop Out and Jersey Girl, but look how those have played out. And then, like, he plays to his strength, which he's always been very forthright with in that, you know, a couple guys leaning on a, on a wall talking. But there's some moments within that that I think work. Like, I like when they all play hockey on the roof and Agreed, stuff like yeah. that. Or, like, when Randall wants to go to the other video store. Just and... the observational stuff, too. Like, yeah. you can really tell he just... I mean, working at this convenience store and just living life, he took a lot of his thoughts and experiences throughout that and just inserted them here in a very, like, I like, as much as the acting felt off because you know that there, it's, it's heady dialogue where it's just like, it's very specific the way he wanted it to come out and he made them read it in that exact way. And you can tell, like you mentioned, like, and he's kind of rushing through it as well because they're shooting on film. They don't have a budget. So time is money. And And they had to shoot overnights in this convenience. Yeah. Right. So, and there's some, just like some first time filmmaker, amateur stuff in there it's and very like, rough yeah. yeah and like even the um alternate ending you've seen the alternate ending, yeah, right, where, where he, he gets, gets shot, shot and, and dies it's yeah. it's kind of pretentious which is a good thing he cut that yeah <laughs> yeah although um, i kind of would have liked it because i don't want to see dante again <laughs> <laughs> we could have continued without dante yeah. for the rest of it um i'm assuming they're both coming back for reboot right um, yeah they'd yeah. have to i mean they're not doing anything <laughs> They're literally working in a convenience store. Yeah, <laughs> no offense to those guys. Um, well, no offense to Jeff Anderson who plays Randall. He's, yeah, but fully a, offense to Brian O'Halloran. Fuck that guy. I don't. I do not like him. I just. He just comes off like he's just not an interesting character. I think the performance is truly awful. Um, he's kind of a piece of shit. Too. Yeah, I mean, as I, much I, as Randall's also a piece of shit, but at least he's kind of like he's he's entertaining. Like, and yeah. I also do like Jay and Silent Bob. In that movie, like, yeah, they're actually funny, and they're not like they're just they're side. They're there, they're, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they're not like the film. Yeah, they work perfectly as you know supporting players. So I'm making my I'm gonna now make my way through the View Askew universe. Um, I'm gonna watch all of them leading into Jay and Silent Bob reboot. So Dogma, um, I think, is still my favorite. I can't wait because I haven't seen that since I was a teenager. I think um, I watched it at my cottage in Sobble Beach. I know we talked about that. Um, a few podcasts ago, probably a while ago now, but uh, Dogma was one of those movies I rented on DVD and and watched it while all my family went to the beach all the time. I would stay inside and watch, watch a poop monster and watch DVDs at uh, at the cottage. So uh, Dogma was one of those because I remember 
someone must have shown me clerks or mall rats or something. Um, and, uh, you know, when you were younger and Jay and Silent Bob were, were hilarious to you. Um, right. Or to me, at least as an idiot kid. Um, but yeah, I still do like them in, in clerks and, and I'm excited to kind of rewatch a lot of these that I have not seen in ages. Like probably any of them in the last 10, 10 plus years. So as an adult or like a real adult, I haven't watched any of them. So I'm wondering if they get cringier and cringier. But, yeah, uh, probably. Uh, but we'll see. And I I wasn't sure if this was in the original one. Did they already plan on Dogma? Or was the version of Clerks I watched probably a re-release right before Dogma? Because in the credits it said Jay and Silent Bob will return in Dogma. No, I like, think that there was something else. Like, it was... There like was the, like a post credit The DVD like, or something? Yeah, there was something like Clerks 2... Oh, no, no, no. It was Clerks 2 The Passion at some point. They wanted to do that. Or they kept changing the name. I think that was the joke. Okay. Um, because Clerks 2 came after... Yeah, it came after The Passion of the Christ. So I remember there was a period where they were calling it Clerks 2 The Passion. But before then, I think it, it had a different name but i don't know if it was dogma or not maybe uh, interesting i can't yeah. remember but i do i do remember there was like a like jay and silent bob or the clerks will will return because i mean there was even like a poster for clerks that was called reservoir clerks yeah and that's kind of what the weinstein company or miramax at the time was was marketing the film as was basically you know, uh, this is a fresh new, yeah. Tarantino like, without yeah. the violence. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Uh, I still think it's enjoyable. Like it's a, a fairly easy watch, even though it's rough around the edges and a lot, some of the humor and the way p- they talk is obviously not PC for 2019. Right. Um, but it's still very much Kevin Smith. And like you said, he hasn't really changed all that much in third 30 years almost no. 20 25 30 years but um i will uh let you guys know uh my journey uh as i made my way through these so uh, each week i'll probably have watched one or two of them well good luck um, with chasing amy i'm sure that is not because that is part way. of the view askew universe right yep. yeah oh yeah that's gonna be the one that's gonna <laughs> be okay yeah we'll see uh, anything else from you? Yeah, I saw a couple things. I rewatched Jeff Nichols' uh, Loving because of uh, his alienation getting canceled. Um, I hadn't watched it for a while. Really still solid movie. Uh, great performances. Uh, subtle direction. He's one of those guys that I feel, you know, at the at the end of his career, people will be like, oh, yeah, like we didn't give him enough credit when he was actually making movies he's he's such a a subtle uh filmmaker and he again like you know whether it be take shelter or or loving or shotgun stories like he's always you know looking at low-key characters that maybe not maybe they're not going to get their own story but finds a way to sort of tell their story in a very natural environment and like even mud like mud is his most kind of fantasyful fantasy yeah fantasy like right like it's fantasyful mm-hmm. yeah fantastical and, yeah but yet they're still kind of rooted in a kind of you know uh urban or not urban rural reality of sorts like you know the kind of country lifestyle and it's still works for the most part so i always appreciate uh his movies and again i find he's a he's a very subtle filmmaker i mean he kind of 
came in the same group as Jody Hill and uh, David Gordon Green. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I remember enjoying Loving for the most part. Yeah, but um, we saw it at TIFF. It was one of the the first films we saw i think at tip i no, didn't no, see no, no, it no, no, no. i oh. had to go we neither of us saw it didn't we go to a screening afterwards maybe maybe you're right oh yes yeah so no i saw it again oh you saw it a second because time you me. hadn't seen it yes i missed it at the festival yeah because you we saw it again at the at varsity i saw it at tiff it was i think it was the first day of that year when it when it uh mm-hmm. when it played right yeah um, I like Midnight Special a lot. Yeah, I do. You see, um, another really solid underrated. movie that I keep saying that is the better version of Stranger Things because it uses all those influences, but then it builds on to something and creates a, a something new, different. Yeah, story and and characters and 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 narrative. Um, I also recently watched uh, The Art of Self Defense. I won't go too much into it, but I will say you can listen to my or watch my review on rogercv.com slash cinema scene. I still haven't gotten um, around to I it. I think that the script maybe is a little too clean. Everything comes full circle, but there are some. I hate that shit. Yeah, so, yeah. but there are some great deadpan performances and tonally awkward humor, and Alessandro Novola uh, as the sensei is incredible and i know riley stearns who directed the film and also directed faults said that like the he doesn't really understand the comparisons to fight club and he considers it more adjacent to punch drunk love but there's a lot of what this movie does that i think fight club does as well is you take characters either frat boys or immature men that take themselves way too seriously and then create something that is truly toxic and horrible and sort of manipulate something that should be good mm-hmm. or or at least, you know, artistically sort of sound. And, and they turn karate into this horror show. And it reminded me of that episode of Hey Arnold where Arnold learns karate and then uses it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> okay, weird comparison, yeah. but I'll take it. Uh Cool. Anything yeah. else? I'm sure I watched a couple other things, but you know what? I always watch stuff. Yeah, so. fair. And we have a long show. We do, and we just recorded for two plus hours. Uh, we sure right did. Before this, and we have a lot to talk about here. Uh, I will quickly, we'll quickly move on to staying at home. I have some uh, recommendations for this week. Um, I should probably have picked them up on my phone, but um, I have. Let me pull them up on my phone so I'm not like looking behind me and uh, doing it while I vamp for a second. Um, 40. There we go. Why didn't I do this at the beginning? Um, for me, on digital, uh, these are on the iTunes Canada store. A lot of good deals in 4K right now. Apollo 11 in 4K HDR. I think 50th anniversary, um, baby. The only place I think you can get it on it 4K, 4K yep. is digital right now. So $7 right now, which is a steal um, for Apollo 11 in 4K HDR. Uh, pick that up 100%. Um, <laughs> the countdown is on. Uh, Overlord um, in 4K for ten dollars. Uh, uh, steal. Lego Movie Two in 4K for ten dollars is steal. These are fairly new movies. Um, Aquaman in 4K for ten dollars. I think is worth it. Um, very colorful. Um, very you fishy. you bought the 4K right? The uh, the physical? I thought you did. Yes, yeah, I know you did. <laughs> um, Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, we were talking about Knives Out playing at TIFF. Yep. Um, so if, uh, Agatha Christie. Um, gotta get your murder at, mystery yep. fix adaptation. Um, not. I don't think it's a great film. Um, but it's shot on 70 millimeter. Um, or 65. 
Um, and it's handsomely mounted. And in 4K, it looks great, and it's five dollars. So I mean, you can't fucking beat that. It's a good cast, too. Um, yeah, and a great cast, and like a mildly enjoyable movie. Yep. Like I, I don't think it's great, but um, I wish I would have seen it in 70 mil. That would have been fun. Um, Isle of Dogs is in 4K, $5, and Three Billboards in 4K for $5. So some great flicks in 4K. And I, ooh, on top of that, I got a Dolby Atmos soundbar now, baby. Yep. Installed it last night. Um, excited to, it took me forever to figure out how to actually hook it up properly. And I just realized I was testing it out on my Apple TV and the HDMI cord that I had wasn't working properly so the dolby atmos wasn't working um and then i realized it was just the cord and i tried a million different things and had shit everywhere yesterday but um haven't really watched anything yet because i installed it uh last night and um by the time everything was done and, and nevis and i finished dinner and uh played some overcooked on nintendo switch uh, it's too late to watch a movie. So, um, I will keep you guys posted on that, but I'm very excited. It's a, it's very nice. I got a subwoofer now. Um, my neighbors I'm sure will be thrilled. Oh yeah. Um, and it sounds good though. Like I put on, uh, infinity war. I put on lion King, uh, both had Dolby Atmos tracks as well as, uh, I put on baby driver for a second and a couple other things just to kind of like, you should put on uh, apocalypse now. Does it have a, a ride of the Valkyrie? Does it have uh, a helicopter re- scene? It's loud. Did it? Is it in 4K yet? Um, it's coming in 4K. So that will probably have a Dolby Atmos track on it because yeah. the one that's released now wouldn't have that. Um, so they might have remastered that for. Um, Comes out in August. So yeah, I'll keep you guys posted on that. I'm gonna test it out probably this uh, week and weekend. Um, anything on the physical side for you? Yes. So I have mentioned this on the show before, uh, Criterion released, uh, physical copies of Do the Right Thing and 1984 on Blu-ray, uh, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing celebrating its 30th anniversary, actually had a screening recently, uh, at the Lightbox, a really powerful film, a movie that unfortunately is still relevant even now, uh, maybe even more so. Um, and then 1984, uh, the Orwell, George Orwell's, uh, seminal classic, um, one of the first films that Roger Deakins was a cinematographer on, um, cool. and stars the late great John Hurt. And then finally, uh, Shout Factory and Scream Factory have the Universal, uh, Horror Collection Volume 2, uh, being released. And I quickly want to mention as well, they were at Comic-Con, um, this weekend, and they announced a number of titles that they will be releasing throughout the rest of this year and into 2020, some of which includes uh, a fly box set, which has Cronenberg's movie and the Vincent Price uh, version. That's you cool. have road games with Stan, uh, Stacey Keach and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who are two Americans that meet serendipitously in the Australian outback and are chased by a mad driver serial killer. It's basically like Joyride or um, Duel, Steven Spielberg's Duel. Um, and then you have The Fan with Lauren Bacall. Um, so yeah, they have a lot of really good stuff coming out for, for genre fans in the next uh, year or so. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Uh, okay, moving on to talking trailers, and oh boy, we got a lot. We don't have to maybe um, talk about too yeah. much with, with uh, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, because we kind of did during our TIFF Talk 2019. Yeah, um, and we forgot to watch some of these um, in between the two episodes. That, yeah. Cause you, did you watch the Jojo Rabbit thing? I, I watched it without sound. Oh, great. Perfect. 
the way it was meant to be seen. So um, I can kind of give you my thoughts on that. But yeah, we can. Do you want to list everything and then just talk about a few? Yeah, of them? sure. And then so we got new trailers this week because so Comic Con was this past weekend, and we also had uh, the announcement of uh, the galas and special presentations for TIFF this year. So we saw a few things like Harriet and Jojo Rabbit. And uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and um, I think those three and a couple others that dropped right before the TIFF announcements, and then we got a bunch of stuff over the weekend uh, during Comic Con and things like that. So uh, let's list out everything, and then we can kind of pick and choose what we want to talk about. Yeah. Um. So we got uh, trailers for The Kingsman, uh, Monos, uh, Hustlers, It Chapter Two, Jay and Silent Bob reboot, Top Gun Maverick. Cats, a, <laughs> a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Harriet, Jojo Rabbit, and one television trailer I threw on here, um, Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, where do you want to start? Anything that well, you Well, I think we need to talk about the catastrophe. <laughs> I hate you so much. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, Tom we... Hooper's back, baby. Oh, yeah. You want some Dutch angles and some close-ups of... Uh, f- I think Dutch angles are the least of this movie's problem. Yeah. You want some... What's it called? Fur technology? Digital call- fur. D- digital fur technology. Yeah. So the the trailer for Tom Hooper's... Uh, uh, well, we got a feature it before. It was almost like it was bracing you for yeah. what you were about to see. And the trailer is the thing of nightmares <laughs> because the motion capture and digital fur basically looks like they just copied and pasted the Your actor's face and, <laughs> and superimposed it on a digital body. Yeah. Uh, especially Jennifer Hudson. Like, their shots. I mean, it's become meme worthy, like, all, almost like as soon as that trailer hit. But it is so creepy. It is so. It takes you out of off putting, but it takes you out of the. Uh, the atmosphere of what it's going for and the musical numbers and, and what Andrew Lloyd Webber originally created, they should have just done it with practical makeup and done like a cat in the hat kind of thing. Cause at least, I mean, it's far fetched to begin with. Um, but it's definitely not the cat's meow. It is disturbing. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about the musical Cats. Memories uh, so, is the is the yeah. one song that everybody but it, remembers. But it almost seems like I'm like, this is taking itself way too seriously for what it is. And it's like, horrifying. And it's horrifying, yeah. And uh, so it stars, yeah, Jennifer Hudson, uh, Taylor Swift is in there, uh, Jason Derulo. Idris uh, Elba. Idris Elba, um, Judy Dench. Uh, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Uh, I'm probably missing some other people. There's oh, a new, James uh, Corden. James Corden. Uh, there's a newcomer as well, right? Yeah, uh, I, she's a she's a dancer, I think. Yeah, or, uh, or, yeah. Uh, and um, didn't know much about it. I just feel I'm like, oh my god, this is. I didn't realize how serious this musical was, and uh, I'm like, I can't take this seriously. And yeah, everyone looks horrifying. Um, if you guys don't know or haven't watched the trailer, so cats like they built all these physical sets that were like to scale if the humans so they're like humanoid cats right but they're the size of cats so all the sets is like honey i shrunk the kids where they like built gigantic sets around them to make them to scale but you're never Um, gonna see those sets because tom hooper shoots shoots everything close up or (laughs) close up with kind of a little bit of like a you know uh leading room and so but he is working with a different cinematographer he normally works with uh, so maybe but i mean even in the trailer we saw a lot of close-ups right you got to get that digital fur technology and the emotion in their floating eyes and lips i was talking (laughs) to my brother kyle about this and and when he saw the trailer and he was telling me that like his reaction was like 
they didn't realize how bad the effects were. Like they were they were holding out hope that it would look good, but as soon as they saw like this is what they have to work with, it's like, well, you know, uh, we might as well just you know keep with this. You know, cat got your tongue, so to speak. Why stop? <laughs> um, uh, why put out that video then of being like we've invented this brand new digital fur technology? <laughs> like I'm I don't like, know. It doesn't even look good. Like it's just like the fur. It's not like oh my god, look at how great that fur looks. And no, like, it looks it, it it again. Like it just looks like they could have done that in 20 minutes in post production. Like it doesn't actually look like any it, like it almost looks like something that was made in the early 2000s. Like something that the Polar Express would have done at that. And point. mind you, they still have four or five months well, to finish this thing good luck and which is why i think it won't play any festivals is because or at all uh <laughs> it'll come out yeah it will it never um, gets released it'll be just that movie that is like like new mutants yeah <laughs> they look like new mutants too um uh yeah i don't know i have i have literally minus uh excitement for this like I just i'm excited don't. for it but are not, you not like, in a positive way i'm excited just in you're like morbidly a, curious yeah i think that it's going to be a shit show but i think it's going to be entertaining and like i can't believe you know these people put this together and thought this was going to be you know a great piece taken of seriously you know uh musical motion picture artistry in the making like it's it it looks terrible it sounds terrible, but yet there's an irony to it that I think would be fun to watch it with a group of people that are laughing at it. Right. Well, it kind of took over social media for about 24 hours. Yeah, right? like, like I'm excited to actually see the trailer in front of uh, Hobbs and Shaw when we go oh and see that. Oh, Are they going to show it? it? Probably, and yeah. I hope so. I mean, it doesn't seem like the type of movie you would show but that. But it has Idris Elba in it. Yeah, I mean, that's they're, fair. they're yeah. you know, like it's a fall movie. It's their one of their big ones, Universal. Not to put people so. in a box of like people who like Fast and Furious wouldn't like cats. Yeah, but, but I mean, like the people um, that do like Fast and the Furious that don't like cats, I want to see their reaction, their reaction. like what yeah. the hell this is. Because we also have to take in mind that like even though a lot of people saw this trailer, it's a lot of film Twitter people. So like you know, general audiences probably still haven't seen the trailer. No, I mean, I think it, it it definitely, I think, broke out of that a little bit, too. I think it went a little bit further than just film Twitter. But, Best short film at the Oscars um, this year? My, um, my, I'm always surprised when I go see public showings of movies and the reaction for trailers, because I forget that most people aren't psychos like us that watch everything right away that are obsessive and like are looking for like oh what trailer launched yeah like there was that stat recently that is like um 18 of the population only sees a handful of movies per year and there's like it's only five percent of the population that sees more than like 10 movies a year or something like that and i'm like oh my god it's just like you don't we're in such a bubble sometimes i feel like and like the people listening to this obviously is in that bubble as well but um it's yeah i always am fascinated about like trailers that i saw months ago getting like a reaction out of people in in the theater and it's always kind of fun to see what an audience reaction is because most again in that bubble of people that are either film critics or in film twitter or just huge film fans so uh i don't know i still think it'll probably do fairly well and it's a well-known musical and um what fairly well is i don't know but um 
I'm fat. I'm weirdly curious about it too. I just don't, I just, it, it's going to be, I guarantee it's going to be like two and a half hours. I hope not. And I just can't. It can't be. I, it will, dude. I guarantee. How long was Les Mis? I can't remember. I'm telling you, it probably will. Uh, all right, let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on to something else. You want to go into Top Gun Maverick? Yes. Let's do that. Uh, so at the Paramount panel on Friday at Comic-Con, Tom Cruise showed up to Comic-Con uh, and premiered the first trailer for Top Gun Maverick, uh, which then was immediately uh, released online. Um, I dug this trailer. I'm not a huge Top Gun fan. Like, I, I don't have any affinity to it really at all. But like, you enjoy playing um, with the boys. Oh, yeah. that That is amazing. In um, volleyball and jeans. Nice. Um, looks like there'll be another shirtless volleyball scene in this, which is great. Yep. Um, uh, I think I saw uh, Glenn Powell in that scene briefly in the trailer. Uh, Tom Cruise is an absolute maniac. Uh, for actually flying these. Flying this F-15 or whatever style jet um, is in the movie. Uh, there is a shot, an unbroken take of his whole takeoff sequence. And you can tell... This motherfucker's flying that jet, <laughs> you psycho. He has the power um, of Scientology. I just cannot believe this guy. And he's like, guys, I, I need to learn how to fly this fighter jet for this movie. And and then the Paramount, we make this joke all the time, but the Paramount people being like, Tom, you you don't have to do that. You're wearing a helmet. Like, we can put anyone in there. <laughs> no, like, but I'll someone, know. <laughs> we can put in a guy who's actually, like, has done this his whole life. And he's like, nope, I'm learning how to fly a fighter jet. Um Anyways, I, I dug the trailer. I mean, it doesn't give you much. It's very stylized. Uh, it, it has and it's playing on cues. imagery from Nostalgia. Tony Scott. Yeah. Film. We should also say, I mean, obviously Tony Scott has right. been dead for several right. years so now. Joseph Kaczynski. Yeah, who worked with uh, Tom Cruise on Oblivion and uh, Miles Teller, who's playing the son of uh, Goose uh, on uh, Only the Brave, uh, yes. that firefighting movie. Yes. Um yeah, uh, it plays with the nostalgia with the music cues from the original. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't have Highway to the Danger Zone. Yeah, no Kenny Loggins. I hope Kenny Loggins does a new song for the movie. Do you think he will? No. Damn it! Um, It'll be some new artist. That sucks. Someone covering Highway yeah. to the Danger Zone. Jason Derulo. <laughs> I hope so. Terrence Malick's uh, favorite artist. Uh, did you dig the trailer? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I again, like I. It's not my favorite film of the 80s but the thing that you cannot deny about top gun um is how it kind of changed um the action movie and the teen film for that era the late 80s where like it redefined the mtv movie yeah um style and over substance the kind of quick cutting was days of thunder before or after? After. after um the the saturated look um you can tell like People like Michael Bay and Joseph Kaczynski have stolen from him. Yeah. Like, like that movie kind of set a new aesthetic. And it'll be interesting to see if they can bring anything new to it now or if it's just going to be, you know, a final kind of flyboy kind of thing for Tom Cruise to just kind of get his kicks off. You know uh, whose favorite movie is Top Gun? Mike Rohrbeck. <laughs> Nice. So I had to send him the trailer, and he's like, I'm very excited. And yeah. I'm like, and I also like Tarantino's breakdown that it's uh, a homoerotic uh, comedy well, yeah, between um, Iceman and uh, Maverick. I can buy into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, why do I keep looking at my computer when I have my phone right in front of me? 
Anything else you want to jump to? Let's go to It Chapter 2. Yeah. Maybe? So this played yeah. uh, or premiered at Scare, Scare Diego. Diego. <laughs> Uh, yes, Scare Diego, uh, we got the next trailer for It Chapter 2, which then was also released online. Uh, a little bit more of your classic trailer. Um, the last trailer was more of an extended scene with a brief kind of tease at the end. Um, we talked about this a little bit, I feel like, or was it after the last podcast? Because we did talk about this. Or did we talk about it on the last podcast? I don't think we did. Or maybe, or maybe we, we watched it, it right after because yeah. maybe the panel was happening yeah. while we were waiting around. Um, yeah, because you were mentioning that there were some um, uh, spoilers in there and things like that. If you've read the book, you'll yeah. know what they are. Ima- there, um, there are images that you know. And there's even... Again, I don't want to get into it that anybody that hasn't read it, right. Matt Rohrbeck. Um, but there's stuff in there that you can tell that fans of the book will recognize right away. Cool. Um, I dug the trailer. Um, I'm excited for more um, for more It. I really dug You love it. Insane Clown Posse. Oh, uh, yeah. You know it. Um, but I love the adult cast. Um, I thought they, they pretty much nailed it, at least from a look perspective um, of all of these guys. Uh, well, especially with um, James uh, Ransom, who plays the older version of uh, Eddie Kasbrack. Yeah. He almost looks, looks exactly like identical, him, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can tell that they probably had people in mind. And I mean, a lot of the fan casting was almost like exactly who they. Yeah. Or, although there were some bigger names that they wanted for certain roles, like Ben, everybody wanted Chris Pratt. So. I mean, thankfully, we didn't get Chris Pratt, I right. feel like. I hope that they do Guardians of the Galaxy th- Volume 3 soon. Before he becomes, becomes awful. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like, like we're like, getting close to it. We, yeah. need to, we, need to, we need to get that movie out of the way. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, I mean, with Hemsworth, I mean, we're going to talk about all of this very, very soon. So we'll hold off on that. Um, but, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm excited to watch this opening night of TIFF. So. Right. Um, cause none of the opening night films, both, um, the main opening night and the special presentations opening night film interest me. So, um, I'm down to go see this Thursday night, probably unless there's the press screening beforehand, but no, but the press screening will be like the, on the Wednesday, Wednesday and it'll be probably too difficult for me to get that review out, review out so you might as well just, tip on the way. Might as well. We'll go do that Thursday night again, probably. Yeah. Might as well go for a soda and, uh, nobody gets hurt and then see it. Um, yeah, excited for that. Uh, let's go into the Kingsman. Um, this is the prequel to the the Kingsman franchise. Uh, it takes place in World and War II, and it's not II. even technically three because they still want to do the Kingsman three. Yeah, I'm just interested to see where this. We've talked a little bit about this when we talked about the Disney Fox um deal and and which franchises will continue on after Disney has control or how they'll um, change or yeah or how they'll change. And Kingsman was that one that was in pre pro and just starting production as the deal went through. Um, but it does seem like one of the franchises that Disney obviously wants to keep going. I mean, they don't do extraordinarily well, but they But they do, make their money back and, and they're, they're made like, for cheap. But uh, the thing is, they'll have to class it up a little bit more. I think so. Right? And it almost looks like that's the case in this movie already. Like, if you watch this trailer, it takes place in uh, in the... 1950s, I believe. In in yeah, well, uh, it looked like they were dealing with Russia. Yeah. They, oh, was it uh, Russia? Um, I thought it was during World War II. Maybe, but it looked like the one guy looked like uh, Rasputin. 
That's fair. With like the yeah. big beard and the and the hair. Yeah, but a period piece um, starring uh, Ray Fiennes, Harrison uh, Dixon. Yep. Who else? Gemma Arterton. Gemma Arterton. Gemma Arterton. Remember those stupid Cineblocks ads yeah. that were <laughs> when she was in a play. Uh, what was the play called? Shit. Anyways, we're getting Gemma Arterton. But it looks like they've toned down um, the crude humor, or else they're just not showing it in this trailer. Yeah. Um, there's I'm, no more fuck boys in this Kingsman. Yeah, I'm sure there will be, but uh, yeah, maybe when Mark Millar is more further removed, like this is a completely original um, story. I don't think Millar ever did a prequel to the Kingsman in the comics. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone. Um, don't don't correct him. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm into this. I like that franchise as much as it kind of stumbled in the second film. Um, I still think the first film is incredibly rewatchable and uh, very very enjoyable. Um, I am curious of how that translates to a period setting and and setting up this universe as it. I think that'll um, be fine. Like I think it'll yeah. lend itself. Like it doesn't. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't feel contemporary. Like it doesn't have to be set in the modern era. And I think that you can get away with that stuff and yeah. it might actually suit it better for the reason of being not as uh crude crude and and filled with bodily humor i'm sure it'll still be very violent and stylized and yeah. things like that but and it's still matthew um, vaughn which surprises me like he's still making these movies he obviously is very invested because he keeps wanting to come back to do or them, mark right? millar has some sort of like <laughs> blackmail <laughs> yeah. material on him because I mean, between those and the kick and kick ass, it's like Jesus, like guy, go! I need you to make another layer cake. Right. I mean, I like these movies, and I like Matt Vaughn, and I liked First Class, but um, in Layer Cake, I think like, layer I would like to see him yeah. do that kind of movie again, not like Layer Cake Two, but just like a down and dirty British crime film. Um, the film also has uh, uh Rice Iphens, uh, Reese, uh, Reese Iphens, Reese Iphens, Iphens, and Ifons. he is playing Rasputin. Yeah, you're correct. Um, Matthew Good, uh, Tom Hollander, uh, Harrison Dixon, as you mentioned, Daniel Bruhl, Jaimin Hansu, Charles Dance, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Stanley Tucci. Um, oh, the Tooch, the Tooch. Uh, so, a and huge most cast importantly, though, Gemma Arterton. Gemma Arterton in. Hamlet or whatever it was. Um, all right. Let's fucking move on. Where do you want to go next? I just wanted to quickly say that that Monos trailer was actually really, really good. Okay. Yeah. Let's um, go into Monos. Visually interesting. Agreed. And stylized. And um, story-wise, I mean, I don't know too much about it other than that it played at Sundance. And it's about a group of uh, child soldier or children... Sold soldier, child soldiers. Yeah, child soldiers. Okay, I wasn't is sure about the a, plurals. Is that a, yeah? I guess. Um, who have uh, taken uh, hostage an American um, doctor? I believe played by Julianne Nicholson. Um, and it just reminded me a lot of like City of God or something like that. Like it just looks like it's gonna pulsate with style, but also be very like dark and and some people have compared it to Lord of the F Flies and it's being released by Neon in the US but I don't know if it has distribution yet like I was kind of hoping that it would be a maybe it will be a TIFF movie but it does open the first week of the festival so who knows the same way that um 
Monsters and Men uh, played TIFF last year and was released theatrically in the U.S. right afterwards or during the festival, but we didn't get it here until VOD. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could see it showing up. Yeah. Once we get the contemporary world cinema, maybe, um, lineup. Uh, I watched the trailer. I dug it. I don't know much about it other than I had no idea about it. You just told me to watch the trailer and, uh, I don't have much to say other than it looked cool. Uh, where do we want to go here? We're going to say those Eminem, uh, yeah, have some more if you want. Jalapeno. Uh... <laughs> so I mentioned this on our, on the 39th draft, but I bought uh, a bag of, Mexican Mexican jalapeno peanut M and M's, um, pretty good. Are you gonna hear me chewing them yeah, right now? Pretty good. Uh, I love peanut M and M's. Probably my favorite type of M and M's. And then you put a little spice in there with the chocolate. Um, and I it like has it. a delayed reaction, so it tastes it normal. It's in the back of the throat. Yeah, right when you like are swallowing. Swallow, yeah. Um, uh, and then I also bought an English toffee peanut M&M too. So maybe we'll talk about that at another time, but I haven't opened those yet. Um, let's go into, since I talked about the view askew stuff, the chance silent Bob reboot trailer. Um, again, we talked about it. Kevin, ja- uh, Kevin James, Kevin James, <laughs> Kevin Smith has not changed, which is where I think I got the James, um, in, almost 30 years and you can tell in the trailer for this movie um i applaud with all the people he was able to get or bring back um that were probably there for like a half a day i don't doubt it for a second um i applaud that he is sticking to his guns and he is making a jay and silent bob movie in 2020 or 2019 whenever this comes out um and i just I'm down, like I'm fine with it. Like I understand what I'm getting into. Like you, right. it's, you know what you're getting. Um, I just thought it was a. Do you, you think did... it's been too long though for for one of these movies? Like in the way that I remember last year, everybody, well, not everybody, Super Troopers two. That's I'm... exactly what I was gonna go to because like it felt like I it was just knew. like, well, what's the point? I agree, and I saw Super Troopers two, and I'm like, yep, that's a Super Troopers. Like even movie that movie. opening shot of him doing the. The Buffalo Bill signs of the land. It's just a call. Like, that's the cheap humor where you're like, all right, it's that's not even clever. Like, yeah. it's just you're just referencing another joke you did. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, hey, remember Which when. Which wasn't he, really even that funny. Remember the when time he you did, did it. The yeah. First time he remember did when it. he did that? It's like, all right, do something. And I get bringing back all these people is it's just playing into your nostalgia if you have any for those movies yeah and he's working with people he either likes or are his friends like i i I did admittedly like seeing jason lee again i felt like i haven't seen him for a while we talked about that i think right yeah yeah but other than that like watching it yeah the humor is all you know juvenile unfunny moments that you'd expect from them and i'm sure maybe there will be some sort of you know fun meta humor here and there. Yeah, I hope I can shut my brain off and kind of, if I go through the View Askew movies in the next little while and then have that nostalgia for it and revisiting those characters, I know it'll probably not be a great movie, but um, maybe it'll be sort of fun to revisit some of those characters. Maybe not. The trailer, horribly put together. Yeah. It's feels cheap. The music choice is awful. It feels like stock music. It's almost like he just free. put it together. Like, but I almost thought if he put it together, it would at least be like a little bit better. No, <laughs> but, I think Kevin Smith is one of those guys that just kind of like slaps it together once it's done. It's like, yeah, that's it. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Snoochie I, boochies. I thought, 
the trailer was like it just looked very cheap. Yeah. And I mean that's where Well the movie also looks really cheap. But it is surprising to see like, you know, Damon coming back and not so much Affleck cuz they are really good friends, but you know, like some of those people are, you know, actually really taking time out of their schedule to go and shoot a cameo, so. Right. Um I'll send you guys over to our 39th draft if you want to hear about us talk about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Harriet, and Jojo Rabbit. Um, go over there. We went in uh, in depth of the whole TIFF lineup, as we mentioned. So we talked about those three films uh, at length. Um, the Jojo Rabbit trailer, uh, I really loved. And the posters um, out, too, or yeah. the teaser poster. Um, yes, which is a peace sign that looks like a rabbit. Um, really well, It's cool. almost like a, like a shadow puppet. Right? Yeah, shadow puppet, almost. Uh, so we'll send you guys over there for that. And then as well as hustlers as well, you, uh, we'll send you over yeah. to the TIFF podcast for, uh, for that one. And then finally, um, the only other thing we have left in talking trailers is the Watchmen trailer. Um, I'm psyched for this show, man. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Like the yeah. more I see with this, I really like the idea of not doing a traditional adaptation and actually exploring the world itself after the events of the initial book. Because at this point, why go back and do the same thing over again? You're never going to appease all the fans that love the graphic novel. So actually instead explore different avenues and crevices of, you know, the space that these characters inhabit and see how, and see what life is like as you know a superhero filled world a vigilante um uh universe so it's it's kind of interesting and i like and that... i like it as a social commentary on things that are going on right now right. in culture too right well police brutality yeah. and 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 you know having sort of one individual kind of controlling everything with jeremy irons character yeah and he's playing... Um, yeah, he's playing the character... I can never remember his name. It's the one guy I can never... Um, Ozymandias? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, But he obviously looks much older, so maybe this story does take place... And is it? it's in the comic universe, not the movie universe, right? I guess it could be mu- movie because it's Warner Brothers, right? And, uh, and Time Yeah, because HBO is, is Time Warner. Yeah. Um, it could be. I mean, that, that'll be something that we'll probably have to wait and see. But it, it will be interesting to see if they do incorporate any of that. And also sort of um, explaining like how much time has passed. Because if Jeremy Irons is playing that character, which he is... It looks like there has been a certain amount of time that has gone on since then. And it took place in the 80s. Matt is choking right now on a, a glass of water as he's... I muted my mic. I don't know yeah. if you guys heard that. Sorry. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. Good. Yeah. So that'll be interesting as well. And obviously the... It looks like at least 40 years probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the stuff with like Rorschach and, and what have you. So. There's like a cult that kind of follows him right yeah he, disciples probably and, after he died in yeah. the original one and it, it'll also be interesting to see if they reference the squid because i know that was the other thing like, well that's the thing if it takes place in the movie or the comic right yeah and even stuff with like black, the black freighter right like mm-hmm. because it's what everybody reads because in a world with superheroes you don't need superhero comic books everybody reads you know adventure stories or pirate stories or yeah you know that kind of stuff those yeah. adventure serials i want to pick up the Watchmen super extended cut because it's the only way to watch it is in 4K on the 4K disc. Right. Like they don't have it in 4K. Gotta get those blue balls in 4K. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited for this. Way more than I thought I would be. Right. So I thought every trailer has been stellar so far. And it also has 
another great thing about it. Damon Lindelof. No. D. J. Don Johnson. Oh yeah, Don Johnson. Okay, I thought you were gonna go D. J. Khaled or something. No. I don't know. The greatest DJ. The greatest man to ever live. Yes, Don Johnson. Yes, you are correct. Um, he's great in Django Unchained. <laughs> he's become just a really good character actor. And like stuff like Cold in July, Django, as you mentioned. Um, he's he's always fun to watch now. Like he's just he's really become an interesting actor. Uh, I mean, I liked him as, as Sonny Crockett, don't get me wrong, but um yeah, like seeing him now, he's he's really interesting. I'm excited for his role in uh, knives out as well oh right yeah 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 um okay uh moving on to the news uh a big weekend uh san diego comic-con just wrapped up on sunday um i mean we've always talked about how comic-con um in the last couple years has kind of um fizzled out a little bit well it kind of did even this year just in terms of if you didn't have the marvel panel it would have been nothing right yeah Yeah, other than top gun but even that's not really a comic con movie it's just kind of a platform to i guess release the trailer yeah so um yeah, in recent years, we haven't gotten much out of Comic-Con. I feel like studios, you're seeing this, I, I, I've talked about this time and time again, both at big events like E3, the video game convention, you're seeing studios pull out of that, like Sony didn't go uh, to either uh, Comic-Con or E3 this year, they're kind of doing their own thing, and I feel like... Besides it, Warner Brothers yeah. wasn't there, so... And you're seeing more and more studios go, you know what, like, we can just release this shit online, we don't have to spend a ton of money to, like, fly people out there and, and present f- stuff to this, like, you're getting more buzz dropping something online for everyone to talk about, rather than showing it to a group of... 5,000 people or whatever they Yeah, that Cats trailer knew what they were doing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cats at Comic-Con. Catacon? So that being said, the biggest, the piece de resistance at at, at, uh, Comic-Con this year was Marvel Studios returned to Hall H to do a panel. We had no idea what was going to be in the panel. All we knew is Hall H was booked for a significant amount of time for Marvel Studios. Uh, we speculated of what could happen, um, and that being said, uh, Kevin Feige came out and he presented the entire Phase Four slate of films and Disney Plus shows, um, much like he did um, in 2013 or 14 when so he long did ago. when he did the Phase Three one. And that being said, things changed around. We didn't get an Inhumans movie. Um, Spider Man was added to that. Um, Captain Marvel moved around. Um, but these things happen, right? Yeah, like, and I'm sure they might happen with this as well. Um, but I wanted to go through kind of – this is our deep dive, our big topic of the show. Um, I wanted to go through this entire Phase 4 announcement um, and and kind of talk about what you think. Um, there was a lot of surprises. I'm amazed at how much they were able to probably bribe different journalists to not – leak any of this stuff like right i mean a lot of it was leaked they don't, don't get me wrong i mean uh, but i mean a lot of it's also obvious like i mean of course they are going to have you know certain characters like i mean obviously it, it, they're not a part of phase four but you know black panther 2 captain uh marvel 2 with you know fox becoming a part of disney now you know fantastic four all these things were kind of obvious and you're that skipping to the end but yeah, yeah kevin feige slipped all that in at the end just being like I didn't focus on that stuff because obviously we're making that kind of stuff, yeah. right? And obviously Fantastic Four and mutants are being worked on, right? 
Um, not the New Mutants. Not well. It's it's something's being worked on there. <laughs> um, so let's go through this and uh, talk about it uh, as a whole. So um, I'll start. Do you want to go in the order they announced them or go order of release? Let's day? go order of release because yeah. they did start with Eternals, which I thought was interesting that they yeah. didn't start with Black Widow. But I feel like they were kind of like, oh, and finally we now are doing yeah. a Black Widow movie. But it also feels that Black Widow, even though the end of Phase 3 finished uh, the Infinity Saga, it still feels like Black Widow is very much a part of that original three phases yeah I mean, is that why so they much saved the it timeline. to the end yeah it almost feels like an another epilogue on top yeah. of spider-man well right? you just get two like, spiders man yeah that's <laughs> you you nailed it uh all right so uh black widow which will be coming out on may 1st 2020 uh the first uh uh solo film for black widow even though she's been in the mcu for 10 years almost well 2011 um, right with iron man 2, yeah right? so by the time this comes out it's almost 10 years and then uh they showed a little bit of footage of uh of natasha fighting um uh florence Pugh's character yelena as well as taskmaster which seems like that will be the villain of the film or at least yeah. one of them i'm um, just disappointed that it's not the ocean master Although I think Taskmaster might be a red herring, though, and I feel like or it's harbors. going to be it's going to be like a reveal that it's Rachel Vice that is Taskmaster. in Taskmasters, yeah. yeah, and that could be because it'll be you know what it'll be like it'll be like um, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Yep, yep. Um, so directed by Kate Shoreland, uh, right? Yep, Shoreland. directed uh, Lore. Lore, yeah, um, and then starring, as I mentioned, Scarlett Johansson reprising her role as Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow. Yeah, she was jealous um, she didn't get the lead in Shang Chi. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> great joke, um, uh, but horrible. Uh, well, hey man, she said hey, it. She yeah. like that. Did, if you read that article, yeah. like I could not imagine being her publicist and being like what are you doing yeah that's a great joke though i'll give you that usually i tell you you're an idiot but yeah. that was great um <laughs> i'm still laughing over that um <laughs> david harbour uh is in the film as alexi which was a sort of a meme because everyone was bringing it back yeah to justice things. for alexi yeah he's play who is the red guardian which is kind of like the russian captain america yeah captain russia i guess um russian cap yeah uh florence Pugh as yelena who could be her sister or maybe no, one think, of the I other it's like it's girls it, that were in the yeah and they're kind of kinda like they're they're close that way or they grew up in the same kind of training and um i almost feel like that character will kind of be maybe used down the line as well like that'll be the new black widow yeah that makes sense especially if um, they're casting someone like florence Pugh, who's gonna be a a big star star soon so yeah get her while she's cheaper <laughs> yeah um uh oh god i'm gonna butcher this name and uh ot fagbenel who's from uh ha the handmaidens uh okay tale. uh as mason and rachel vice as melina uh, so that's the next MCU movie coming out. So we'll go through these quickly and then talk about it as a yeah, whole. Yeah, and it's also it's shot like, by cinematographer Rob Hardy, who did the Mission last Impossible. Mission Impossible movie and has done both Alex Garland films, which we should also mention during Comic-Con. Our friend Devi uh, asked us to mention that uh, the poster for Devs... Um, was, Is that why he's so into it? Because it's yeah, called Devs. Yeah, it was on one of the walls. And I remember he was talking, because I've, I've interviewed Garland twice, and during his press junket, and I think he mentioned it during... 
the, the screening of Annihilation at Lightbox, yeah. Starting to to get that movie together. It's a bit and that he about was sh- AI, is it? Yeah, like, and he yeah. was shooting in San Francisco, and he was telling me that like he wanted to find locations in San Francisco that were kind of not your typical landmarks that you wouldn't necessarily recognize San Francisco. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I and Ron Swanson's And in I'm it. surprised that they didn't do anything at Comic-Con other than have a giant poster, but the poster looked yeah. cool. So It's a Disney um, show now, too. FX. Yep. <laughs> um, next, after Black Widow, we're getting um, Chloe Zhao's uh, The Eternals. Now, is it The Eternals or Eternals? Because Well, it says The Eternals in the thing that Disney sent me, but then the title treatment says, says just Eternals. Eternals. Right. I mean, semantics. <laughs> Um, <laughs> can it be called the eternals the uh, yeah uh so directed by chloe zhao uh most recently she directed the, the, rider. the rider last year yeah um it's going to be uh it stars uh angelina Ru- jolie sure yeah i was gonna get there uh richard madden as icarus kumail nianjani as kingo lauren ridloff as makari brian tyree henry as fastos salma hayek as ajak uh, Leah McHugh as Sprite, Don Lee as Gilgamesh, and Angelina Jolie as Athena. Um, it's going to be released on November 6th, 2020. So only two Marvel movies next year only. Only. Um, uh, yeah, this one's interesting. I don't know anything about the Eternals. I still don't really know anything about the Eternals. I don't either. Um, they're immortal beings that have lived for millions of years uh they have a they i believe are the ones that created humans even or have a hand so this is like prometheus yeah a little bit and i think they even have uh, something to do with the infinity stones and things like that so space um, jockeys everyone uh it'll be interesting if they go back to more shit about the infinity stones especially because we just finished the infinity saga and stuff like that like i don't know if it would be a smart idea to retread the same kind like of stuff. and just show like how the infinity stones were created like i don't think that that's necessary well we should um, also mention as well that uh the richard madden character is one of the first uh openly gay characters in the comic book universe and that uh lauren riddiff's character first um, deaf deaf character uh, yeah. she's a deaf actor who was in a stage play version of children of a lesser god with uh, joshua jackson yeah so really cool yeah. um very eclectic um diverse cast um, I, I, this one is intriguing just cause I don't really know. It'll be very cosmic. I'm assuming, um, uh, obviously we know maybe, um, there's something to do with, uh, if they go back to, this is the weird thing about the, well, Kevin Feige did say it's going to be very Jack Kirby, right? And yeah. that means it's going to be like psychedelic and out there. And then all, yeah. we've talked about this before on the show that Ava DuVernay at, at DC has the new gods, right? Which is, I guess maybe yeah. the DC version of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, it'll be interesting to see, uh, how that one turns out. Um, do you see a rip though? Uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Oh, was? He's getting ripped, man. Holy Cause fuck. he's like a swordsman. Yeah. So I'm like, good for him, man. I just, cause he was on uh, hot ones recently and he had to have like, um, um, chicken strips, but like, like oh, white meat trick chicken. Cause strips. he's on some like strict diet yeah. for Eternals. Good for him. You know, get, he's got that Marvel fucking money now. So yeah. he can. Disney will pay. I just for hope your... he doesn't become Chris Pratt. <laughs> I doubt it. I like Kumail a lot, so I do too. Um, cool to see him in there. I mean, Richard Madden is a beautiful man. Uh, Angelina Jolie is awesome. Um, I mean, Brian. Tyree Richard Madden Hen- is not the Rocket um, Man, though. No. Um, Brian Tyree Henry's amazing. Like, uh, I'm. I'm very 
excited about it's a good cast. cast it's an interesting director um it, it feels like it doesn't have any sort of necessary like i mean obviously not to us i mean diehard fans i'm sure will be picking up a part of it, uh, at it and, and sort of looking at the continuity but i mean it doesn't really have to sort of be true to anything that like we know of like it can do its own thing and i think that's going to really help it yeah and also maybe be a little riskier than Black Widow. Like you need Black Widow to kind of calm people or get ready for the next phase, and then Eternals. And we know it takes be... place between Civil War and yeah. uh, Infinity War. And then ter- and Eternals, you can just kind of be like, yeah, why not? Let's just let our freak flag fly. <laughs> you know, I'm down with that. Uh, in the fall of 2020, we are getting our first Marvel Studios um, Disney Plus series. So the interesting thing here, they're treating these Disney Plus shows as like if they're as big as these movies, yeah. right? Like they and are they're part... also saying "fuck you" to Marvel Knights. <laughs> yeah, they are, and we'll get to that very, very soon. Um, that's a reference to the Netflix uh, shows for those of you that don't know. Um, so our first Disney Plus show in fall of 2020 is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, or as um, I keep calling it, the Falcon and the Snowman, which is the yeah. Timothy Hutton Sean Penn movie. And even the title treatment looked similar. Yeah. Um, I thought they would change the name to Captain America and the Winter Soldier, but I'm also like I'm assuming he won't be Captain America until some point in this series yeah. or something like and that. And will his finishing um, move still be Falcon Punch? Oh, God. Smash Brothers reference and yeah. Captain Falcon reference. Uh, so obviously, oh, that would be good. Captain Falcon and the and oh and yeah, the he's just playing Captain Falcon. <laughs> um, so uh, it's going to obviously star uh, Anthony Mackie and uh, Sebastian Stan as uh, both the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, big piece of news that we heard about in casting, but they're bringing back Daniel Bruhl who will play uh, Baron Zemo again. And he's wearing that purple mask. And he's getting thing. that fucking purple mask. God, that's Let's so go. dumb. The, the one thing, I didn't love Civil War, but, but the you one liked thing I appreciated like, yeah. that they didn't make him wear that goofy mask. Dude, I'm in, man. I want to see how they do that. Because, like, I it's just... It's the same digital fur technology I just don't. I just don't get how that character gets to that point. So I'm curious... Uh, because I I've rewatched I I love Civil War I've gone back and I've actually like love it more and more uh, each time I watch it and I do really like him as the villain in that movie and I right feel but they like, grounded him to that's a what I mean degree, so right? that's why I'm going to be fascinated of how they uh, but I I love the theme of bringing back these people that you're you weren't expecting to kind of I know they that he was one of the villains they kept alive maybe for a reason but. Um, and we'll get to people that they're bringing back to a little right. bit later. People that I didn't expect to come back. Right, and, and I, when I see that photo of him with the mask, I automatically think of Cobra Commander, and I think yeah. that that's going to be the voice. Oh, yeah, but it'll just be Daniel Brühl's voice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting of how that plays into the events of Civil War and how that all ended, and, um, yeah, I'm, I just, I don't know if, I'm fascinated by the Disney Plus stuff because I, you know, I'm obsessed with the MCU. Right. We talk about it, consistently. but they're making it important or essential to yeah. watch for fans of the series, and it's going to all connect. And that's they're being really smart with that. Oh, one hundred percent to keep people hooked, right, and keep people subscribing. And like, um, do you think so? The rumor is six to eight episodes for these Disney Plus shows. I'm assuming episodes will be between. 40 to 60 minutes probably right um 
So I think that's the perfect length. I think it might be borderline too much for some of these characters that I don't know if I need almost right. between four and six hours. But at least if you um, don't want to watch them and you just want to get like a, you know, a synopsis later on, like that's where those characters can work because you don't have to necessarily watch them in a movie or pay yeah. too much attention to them. I, in, you know, I'll be obsessed and I'll watch every single one of these right. things. And uh, I hope they go goo. I hope they do the week to week. Uh, I hope they go week to week and not. I mean, I tweeted this a little while ago. I'm like, I want the return of episodic television. Yeah, I don't like the binge format. It's just not for me. Right. I, I, again, Stranger Things. I guess is the only thing recently that I. You want the water cooler? Don't you though? Like a little bit, but at the same time, I like that it's all there for you. But I, I also put it off. Don't, don't you right? miss? For me, I miss being on the same page with everyone, and that's one reason why I don't watch much television anymore. I'm well, like, it, it it does spoil a lot of it when it's when it is released all at once, and like you go online and you just type in like one word relating to it, and it tells you like a certain thing, and it's like it's been less than twenty four hours. Like, I remember with Stranger out, yeah. Things, I typed in a word and it revealed one of the characters, um, their their plotline. It was like God. Damn it! And it's just like, how do, how does this happen? I had the Maya Hawk thing spoiled for yeah, me, yeah, right and, away. And, and, <laughs> and I'm like, um, she's like also an... very good. Yeah, in Once Upon a Time. Oh, I can't. Small wait. role though. Yeah, I, I don't doubt um, it. Like one scene. Yeah, yeah, but it's funny. Um, yeah, and and I, I, but I don't know. Like, I mean, for me, like, I don't. I'll get Disney Plus, but out of those three, out of the three they shows, haven't gone to the other ones yet. No, I know, but out of the three shows, like, I think probably. Captain Falcon and the Snowman is most intriguing. No, I think he's the weakest of the three. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Uh, um, it's and nothing against. I it's like the Anthony most conventional. Mackie, but he's boring as, as I, Falcon. Falcon's one of my least. And you don't really care about Winter Soldier. No, I don't either, like Bucky so. either. <laughs> I like Bucky. Do not give Sweet a hair. fuck about Falcon. I don't like and, either. Um, spoilers for Endgame, everyone. I mean, we're going through Phase Four, so obviously there's spoilers. Um, I just like that was one of the things when he gets the shield from Cap that I was like, ah, I just I don't like that character. I right. I agree with you. Like I think Falcon is goofy every time he comes on screen. Like even though all the ridiculous shit that happens in these movies, I fucking hate him and his stupid metallic wings. Flying it would be around. better if he just really um, was a Birdman and wore a sweet jacket and was part of Star Fox. I mean, like we saw Vulture. Group. Vulture's cool. Like it, you can make that kind of cool, but he just looks dorky with his goggles and his like machine like Uzis. It and looks stuff. like something in the early 2000s. Like it looks like that's a design that you would do for an X-Men character. So, yeah, for me, most excited for Daniel Bruhl's return on that uh cuz rules I, rules. Yeah, I'm uh, I think that's what I'm most uh intrigued by in that right. series. And I think they're bringing back not uh, they're bringing back what's her name too. I think they'll bring uh, back Martin Freeman. Maybe, but I'm thinking um, uh, Carter, Peggy Carter's niece. What's her? Oh, uh, Emily uh, Van Camp. Isn't she in this as well? I, I think maybe. I believe so, but they didn't announce it here, so maybe I'm wrong. Um, all right, Fort moving, Perry native. Moving on to our next release, which will be in February twelfth, twenty twenty one. We're getting Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. 
directed by uh, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton, uh, who you guys would know from Short Term 12 and uh, The Glass Castle. Yeah, I can't believe you've already forgotten um, it. We just talked yeah. about it. He also uh, has a film at TIFF coming up called Just Mercy, which you can go back and listen to if you haven't already. Yes, uh, we did get some uh, hints at what the plot could be about. It's obviously going to be focusing around uh, the group The Ten Rings, which we've seen teased throughout the last 10 years of, since Iron Man 1. Yeah. Teased throughout uh, the MCU, as well as most specifically in Iron Man 3, with um, what we know now is the the decoy Mandarin, right. uh, played by um, uh, Ben Kingsley, and not or, the restaurant. Um, uh, no, um, it's not a buffet. Um, so this will actually have the quote unquote real Mandarin in the film. Will the real Mandarin um, please stand up? Who will please be played by um, Tony Lung? Yeah, Tony Lung, who is a, um, a cherished Chinese actor. Yes, career. he's considered Correct. one of the the greats, and. Uh, for him to do this is kind of a big deal, so um, good on Marvel for you know giving him that Marvel money. Yeah, I mean, I think even this movie just being in, uh, like, I mean, we've seen, we talked about uh, how Crazy Rich Asians and the Farewell and like, um, well, having a, a like, you know having an Asian American and like, superhero is a huge deal. Yeah. Um, and it's about time, right? And yes, it's so, almost too like it's taken too long. But yeah. Um, so either way, yeah, uh, Tony Long will be playing the Mandarin. Uh, Aquafina was announced to be in the cast. They didn't say who she's playing. Um, uh, love her. We just talked about how great she was in the farewell, and you were you literally said the words "can't wait to see what she's doing next" kind of thing. right. And now we know. Although technically, um, she's also in the Little Mermaid, so that's kind of what she's doing next. But that's just it's a just voice performance, Disney stuff. Yeah, moving forward. But I mean, Angelina Jolie's in that same boat, right? I mean, she's right. got Maleficent. I mean, once you get Disney puts their fucking hooks in you, man. They they got you for they life. Got you. And then the biggest announcement from this was that um, uh, 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 God, what's his name? Uh, Simu Liu uh, was cast as Shang Chi, and for those of you, it's Simu Liu, Liu. Simu Simu Liu, right? Um, Who, for those of you in the Toronto area or Canadian, Chinese Canadian, um, Chinese Canadian, um, you guys would know him uh, probably from Kim's Convenience. He's one of the leads in that. From Markham, Um, yeah. Um, awesome. That's yeah. that's fantastic. Good for him. He was him, at the man. Lion King premiere too. Uh, he was, and yeah. I was at that screening. I think I saw him there. Yeah. And like, and uh, when we saw Spider Man, um, some of the cast I think of Kim's Convenience was there as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think he was there, but I saw some other people. Um, and uh, that's awesome, dude. Like he he talked about how he w- he screen tested the last Sunday, got cast on the Tuesday. Uh, he's been really funny on Twitter, kind of responding to his own tweets about, like, hey, Marvel, when are you going to have an Asian uh, uh, superhero? Or, Bought out a whole screening for the farewell. Tonight. Which supporting is like, his co-star, Aquafina. Yeah, yeah and um, he also uh, said, hey, can we talk about Shang-Chi? And he tweeted that in January, and he's like, well, shit. <laughs> that worked <laughs> out for him. So good for him. He's about he's to living be- the life of a Disney princess. I'm sure he's about to become a gigantic star. Um, yep. Will he and- stay on Kim's convenience? No. <laughs> <laughs> CBC can no longer afford him. Um, you know who could replace him, though? Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> All right. That's enough. I let you have the first one, which was very funny. Uh, so that's awesome, dude. Like, good for him. Yeah. Um, uh, if you guys want to, I mean, this will go out after, but he's going to be at the farewell tonight at varsity. 
Um, next up, uh, we're getting in spring 2021. 2021 is loaded <laughs> with yeah. Marvel stuff. The whole year. Well, a lot of people thought at first when they saw the initial mock-up that it was just going to be all Marvel movies that year. But it Imagine getting one every other month. Yeah, or but like, then it wasn't as bad when it, was, when it was a combination of both television and film. No, you're just going to consistently have marvel content throughout the year right yeah like during the breaks of the movies but like if you're only like a movie person you don't have to watch the series and if you're only a tv person you don't necessarily have to watch agreed you know i think it's just like leading into the avengers you didn't need to watch every single one it's, it's still oversaturated obviously but like at least you're not just getting bombarded with movie after movie or series after series yeah like it is a nice balance of the both of both of them. Uh, that being said, we're getting uh, WandaVision in spring 2021, uh, which will bring back uh, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda uh, Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, and um, and Vision. Um, it's supposed to be... Oh, and also uh, adding to the cast, um, uh, Tayona Paris uh, will be playing the grown-up version of Monica Rambo. Yes, uh, who um, was recently in uh, If Beale Street Could Talk and also was the lead in Spike Lee Chirac. Yes, and um, that's the character from Captain Marvel, um, the young girl that befriends... Yeah. Uh, uh, the daughter of Maria Rambo. Yes. Um, we don't know much about this unless it's supposed to be very weird and it's, it has kind of like a 50s nuclear family aesthetic to it. I mean, with the, the title treatment, which um, is, is interesting and just the name I think is wacky. Uh, I have no idea what this will be. Um, if, if they base it on the most recent, recent like uh, Vision series that happened in Marvel um, by Tom Taylor, I believe... Um, which people really, really loved. And you can see that their Marvel is taking from more recent comic um, storylines that people really, really loved. And we're going to see that a bit later as well. Well, the fans just wanted more vision. Because I think with WandaVision, um, Hawkeye, which we're going to talk about soon, and the new Thor movie, they're all taking from comic book storylines from the last 10 years. Yeah, they're so. the most progressive. Most- of yeah. the the more recent stuff and it's about time like it feels like okay well we've already laid the groundwork we've already done all the origin stories we've already set up the majority of the original characters or the characters that people are familiar with even if they are c-level characters we've made them into you know a level uh events and now let's actually get a little weirder a little stranger um and actually you know go to some interesting places that maybe aren't as, you know, streamlined as what we've done before. And I think Marvel is going to maybe take those risks and and see how they work out. I think it's an evolution of what we were seeing in uh, the end of Phase 2 and and into Phase 3 when we talked about when you started to get to the third film in a franchise, they kind of let you go wild with it. Or if you've rebooted a character multiple times, like Spider-Man, you can't just do the same thing over and over again you need to build on it you need to create something out of the ashes and 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 a phoenix will rise not a dark phoenix not a dark phoenix but now titled x-men dark phoenix yeah uh because that's gonna help uh this one 
like again, I don't really care about either character, but um, but it's also this is the most interesting one in terms of like a direct connection to the films because what we also learned is that this is going to connect to the sequel to Doctor Strange. Yeah, and let's get right into that then. Um, I'll go back to the other Disney Plus show um, uh, as well. So we're getting two Disney Plus shows in the spring of 2021, but I'll get to the other one in a second. Uh, but yes, uh, WandaVision is going to tie directly into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, Good title. Great title. Uh, that film will be coming out May seventh, twenty twenty one. So that My brother's means, birthday. So I'm assuming we'll we'll get a Wandavision in April or uh, end of March, early April, um, probably. I apologize for the chewing. It's all good. Um, so they brought out uh, Scott Derrickson, who is returning to direct, as well as Benedict Cumberbatch coming back to play Doctor Strange. Um, and then in the surprise twist, they announced that Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, will also star in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And the one tidbit that Scott Derrickson uh, mentioned is that this will be the first scary or horror film. Yeah, he said um, gothic horror yeah. is going to be a huge influence. But, I mean, he did say that, like, the first Doctor Strange was horror-themed, and, and it kind of yeah. dabbled in that a little bit. Um, I do hope as well that Chiwetel Ejiofor will come back because I feel like I that think... dynamic was really interesting and in seeing him kind of turn into a villain. Yeah, the rumor is that Nightmare will be the villain, um, but I could see uh, Chiwetel also coming back. I think, right? I mean, they tease that at the end of it. I kind of feel bad the... for Rachel McAdams because I feel like she's not going to come back because I feel like they'll just give the, the quote-unquote female role to Elizabeth Olsen. Right. You'd hope that she would come back. Yeah, but, but she wasn't given anything to do. To really it's been do. so long. Like. Right. Yeah. Dope title. Uh, they're going hard into the multiverse stuff. Which I think will have um, repercussions for moving on and sort of exploring the idea of alternate realities and alternate worlds. And, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it with one of the other shows coming up as well. That's, a, that's you the know, next thing we're going to talk about. Right. Yeah. And maybe that'll even have some connection or at least one of the characters that is kind of the, the narrator of it all. But... Um, Oh, sorry. No, there's two things that are going to deal with that. Right. Yeah. Um, but so they're I really also going think hard that in the if we're going thing. to see, so we'll jump right to the end, but then come back to it. Mahershala Ali was cast as Blade. Um, so if we see Blade beforehand, like in the way that we saw like Hawkeye in the first Thor movie, maybe the best place for him to be in would be a this, Doctor Strange yeah. movie because it is horror-like. So why not include him somewhere in there? Uh, I think that's a pretty good bet because um, uh, Kevin Feige did say that. Um, so, yeah, the big announcement was that they're making Marvel Studios Blade. Mahershala Ali will, is playing Blade. It looks like it's going to be a phase five film. Um, and, and it's called Blade 2049. No, shut up. <laughs> um, uh, I could see him popping up in this. I think that makes sense. Yeah, like out of any of, of the stuff before Blade, like that would be the one. Like I can't see him showing up anywhere else if they wanted to put him in Thor love and thunder (laughs) that actually would be funny though um but he's gonna be such a like a serious character and I feel like they're maybe setting him up or Angelina Jolie to kind of be the next Tony Stark and sort of like being the team leader of the next Blade you think well I think one of them I mean Mahershala Ali is a two-time Oscar winner they introduced him at the end of the yeah segment I mean who else do you think is going to take on that role of the leader yeah I think it'll be Brie Larson 
Yeah, I guess. But but you always had two people kind of sort right, of Right, you dueling. had Cap and Iron yeah. Man, so you might need someone to kind of be her opposite. Yeah. You think? Um interesting because i don't because think, i do agree like i do agree like i, I mean, forgot about <laughs> captain captain marvel um i think but then again I, i'm not i'm not sure i mean i don't think you see i mean does thor come back and sort of assume the leading role i mean I it, how so. many more movies does does hemsworth have i now? think hemsworth is down man like i i it, i feel like i've been saying this for the longest time and it's proven i think with this announcement i mean although they're kind of leaning towards another route uh which we'll talk about but um, not another Groot. Uh, we will get that soon too, but I know. But uh, you said rooting. We'll get there in a sec. Uh, moving on uh, to a movie that's also playing with a kind of multiverse because it's a spun-off reality. Um, Loki is coming to Disney Plus in 2021. Uh, so obviously Tom Hiddleston's coming back, and uh, the very brief synopsis of what the show is going to be is uh, exactly what we kind of thought was what happens to Loki after. Endgame, uh, we saw him take the Tesseract. So this is taking place in a alternate reality. This where... is the 2011, 2012 yes. Loki, yes. the one that yeah that disappeared. Not the the dead, dead Loki. Dead Loki still is, dead. He's still dead. This is a different version of Loki based on them changing the timeline when they went back and fucked up in the time heist uh, when Tony and Ant Man. Uh, lost the Tesseract, and then Loki stole it and went through a portal. So right. this and is following those events. So this is in a different timeline than the one that we're used to, right? And so. do you think that that's going to have repercussions or connections to the next big movie coming at the end? Uh, it could. Um, we will get there in one moment. Uh, I love Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Um, I think it's very interesting to go that route because originally they were like oh he's going to travel it's going to be how loki influenced a bunch of events through history where now that doesn't really make sense because he has the space stone so he can travel through space but not time right so this is still in 2011 so are we going to explore events in the marvel universe from a different angle kind of thing or what does loki do now that he all the events from the first avengers movie on are drastically different because the Tesseract stayed with Loki, right? Right. So how does that affect things? I'll be curious of who rounds out that cast in, like, um, a lot of these I'll be curious of who rounds out the cast in a lot of them. Yeah, because it might be telling in terms of, like, who comes back, who doesn't, continuity-wise, like, what they're going to do. And, And, I mean, again, like, I could see Loki and the next Thor movie having some connection or maybe, like, there's some disruption in the timeline that, introduces this next thor movie even yeah that's a possibility some um someone was theorizing like um could he somehow get back to our like the og timeline somehow but i don't know how you would do that right it's kind of similar to um gamora a little bit where you have a different loki where the Loki and Gamora in the original timeline that died were, you know, part of the team. They, they, They've they transitioned from being the villains that we kind of... Yeah, but now you have this with. setback where, you know, they're, they're, they've kind of been 
rebooted themselves. And they the haven't characters. learned from the things that they no. they did. So you still have those original versions of those characters, right? You still have villain Loki more so than mischievous anti-hero Loki that you got kind of in Ragnarok and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, that one should be cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, next one, actually, I think is the most intriguing of the Disney Plus shows for me. Um, is Marvel's uh, What If. So What If is coming in summer of 2021. It's going to be their first animated series. It's also an anthology series where um, they've cast Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher. So he will be narrating the series. So it looks like it's kind of got like a Twilight Zone kind of Tales from the Crypt kind of vibe. You're now about to enter Marvel Studios. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, they put up a cast, uh, photo, uh, which is, they're pretty much bringing back almost everyone. Right. Uh, which almost again, feels like a multiverse in itself, right? Like, it's, well, it is exploring the multiverse, yeah. right? That's exactly what it's doing. Yeah. Um, the first story Will it be canon though. Well, they're, they're canon because it's a Marvel studios thing, but they're not the reality that we're following. Okay. Right. So they, that's the, like, well, these, like, again, like this the way could play into something. Yeah. That's what I mean. It could. Yeah. Cause like. I think it's just a cheaper way of showing you the multiverse, right? The multiverse is like almost an infinite amount of things that could happen, right? Right. It's like like Judy and Twin Peaks. Yeah, like it's just – you could explore tons of things. And could some of this play into the live-action stuff? I think potentially if something takes off and people really, really like something that they did in one of these. But like you could explore it in live-action at some point. But I think it will let them get zany. It will let them get – a little crazy with what uh, what they do, and, and maybe and, they'll actually be able to, you know, play with the animation the way that you know Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Yeah, did. so that's my question. Do you think each episode will be done by a different team and have a different art style? Do you think they'll have a consistent art style? Throughout I don't think it? they maybe like, go consistent, but at least within that consistency, not be afraid to have fun with it. Like again, like Spider Verse is that perfect example where it's stuck with this style, but within the style there's so much going on that you could watch that movie again and again and pay attention to, you know, all the little things that are going on, whether they be in the foreground or background, and it feels like it is the perfect medium for a, a comic book adaptation, and they really haven't taken advantage of that yet. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, we don't know what animation studio or if they've hired brand new people to work at Marvel Studios on it. Or like, probably like Pixar. That's or what Disney I mean. Studios like, you'd or think something. that they would probably just use that team, and we'll hear about some sort of partnership with either Walt, Dis- Walt Disney Animation or Pixar, and probably, and that might show you what kind of style that they're going for. I wonder if it'll match the kind of CG style we see in those two movies, or if they'll go more hand drawn style or right. Um, yeah, I'm. I, this sounds cool. And the first story that they're doing is, uh, what if uh, uh, Peggy Carter got the Super Soldier Serum and became Captain America instead of Steve Rogers? And, and Steve Rogers becomes Iron Man. Yes. So Howard Stark builds a Mark One Iron Man suit for Steve Rogers. So you kind of have a Captain America and Iron Man team up in the uh, World War Two kind of era. Sounds cool. Yeah. And uh, and then we got yeah at like. You have Josh Brolin coming back, so I'm sure there'll be a Thanos story somewhere. You have Michael B. Jordan, probably a story of, like, maybe if he stayed king of Wakanda and stuff like that. And, like, 
uh, who else? Like, I mean, there's ton people from Ant Man, Michael Douglas. Uh, uh, who else am I uh, missing here? Paul but Rudd. Paul Rudd. Yeah, there's. Is be, Downey coming back? Uh, he wasn't on this, but I have a feeling Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are the two that are actually done. Um, but I don't know what they well, do for that you, first. Do do I that know. With, yeah, that's what I mean. So. Maybe it doesn't count if they do a voice because it's just easy for them to come in and record lines or something. Right. They just read like um, for half an hour. Yeah, they get paid a way too much money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, I could see that happening. So, uh, or they just take audio tracks from uh, the other films and just kind of splice them splice together. together some the sort technology's of is version. almost there, man. So they've probably hey, look at cats. Oh God. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, we have another Disney Plus show in the fall of 2021. Uh, they revealed that they are making a Hawkeye series. So Jeremy Renner came out. Um, most intriguing of all is, too, I'm, I'm curious to see who they bring on as directors for a lot of these. Right. If it's going to be one or many for yeah. each series and varying, right? Yeah. Degrees. I hope it's just one. I don't on think it will. I think it'll probably be multiple directors. But maybe it'll be multiple directors for all of the shows. Maybe they'll hire like a team to just do all of them and kind of rotate them through yeah maybe because it feels like they could do that because a lot of these shows what will be shooting in atlanta yeah probably that's where they shoot a lot of their stuff right um so uh jeremy renner came out and the series will be about hawkeye training um kate bishop uh who is uh, a female uh version of hawkeye in the comics so uh, again, the same thing that you mentioned about Florence Pugh's character in, in Black Widow, I think we're probably going to get here. Uh, this introduces us to a new version of a familiar character that will probably move forward and take that mantle in the movies uh, coming up. So uh, based, it looks like the logo is the same as the Matt Fraction Hawkeye series from a few years back that people really, really loved, which has a similar storyline of Hawkeye. Uh, training and dealing with kate bishop uh i haven't read it but i've heard it's great um and it's yeah super into this hawkeye and black widow finally getting their due <laughs> right now, do you um, think there will be an episode just dedicated to hawkeye getting tattoos hopefully like on lost yeah <laughs> god <laughs> they said it will deal with his um time as ronin as well right so, so. it'll just be him slaughtering people yeah probably so uh and it will take place after Endgame and things like that too so probably flashbacks um, I like that. I'm intrigued by the Kate Bishop character, and um, yeah, and to see like what will happen to her after the series, right? Like, will she become a new Avenger, or... and who they cast right. as that character too? Um, I dropped water on the keyboard. Put some rice on it, man. And then finally, uh, last but not least, uh, other than the Blade um, announcement, which we already talked about, um, we are getting. Thor, Love and Thunder in November 2021. Kind of a missed opportunity with that title, though. Why? It could have been Thor, Love Down Under. No, it's not. He's not Australian, though. Well, I think the actor is. Yeah, but, but uh, I love I love the title. I love the title treatment. Um, Taika's back. Taika is returning. He dropped out of Akira. My voice is going because we've talked for so long. Um, He's getting really emotional about Thor. I love it. I do love Taika, and I do love Thor. Um, so Hemsworth is back. Uh, Tessa Thompson is back. Um, a really cool way of announcing this. They brought out uh, Taika first, then Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. 
Tessa Thompson said that she is now the king of Asgard and she needs to find her queen, which got a pretty good pop. And then uh, Taika talked about how he was taking inspiration for this film from Jason Aaron's uh, The Mighty Thor comic series. Uh, Also fairly recent that people really, really love. Um, And that introduces a female version of Thor called The Mighty Thor, um, who is in that comic played, uh, well, I mean, not played by, uh, who is Jane Foster. So then I think the one, probably the biggest shock to me from this even more than the Mahershala Ali blade thing because right. that was like fan casting that made sense and he um, wanted to do it as as we learned yeah. afterwards that he went to Marvel after winning his second Oscar for and just Green like Book. I want to do blade and they were like yeah. hell yeah <laughs> all right let's do it um they brought out Natalie Portman who is returning as Jane Foster who will take the mantle as uh the mighty Thor in the film so the uh Taika Pastor Mjolnir um and I cannot believe they convinced her to come back for this. Yeah, well, um, especially after um, the conflict of interest with uh, Thor The Dark World because she wanted Patty Jenkins to direct the film. Marvel Patty Jenkins was signed on. And yeah, and Marvel kind of said, like, no, you have to make the movie this This was way. back in the days where they tried to, uh, you know... Control everything. Control everything. I mean, they still do, but... But to an extent now. Yeah. um, I think they've loosened their grip a little bit. Feel my grip. Uh, And she left the project... She left Thor Ragnarok and didn't want to come back and and wasn't going to be a part of any more Marvel movies. I mean, even the footage of her in Avengers Endgame is uh, archival footage. So, one, getting... You know, the power of Taika Waititi and also paying her probably millions and millions of dollars probably helps so that she can go off and then make all these art films afterwards. Yeah. I'm into it, dude. Uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I wonder how how big of a role is Chris Hemsworth going to play in this one? Is is he going to still be the lead or is it going to be focused more on Valkyrie and the Mighty Thor? It's a great question. I, I think... So on my to-do list, I'm going to buy the run of the Mighty Thor. I'm going to buy the Matt Fraction um, uh, uh, Hawkeye series. And I think I'm going to also buy that Vision uh, graphic novel um, because I'm curious to see how those storylines pan out in the comics and see how they could translate to film because I've heard they're all fantastic. Um I know this isn't a spoiler. If you guys don't want to know anything about what this possibly could be, then bail out now. We're almost done talking Marvel stuff, and we'll wrap up the show after this. I don't think we'll probably talk about much else. Um, In that series, Jane Foster has cancer, um, and then that's kind of what sets this up, is that um, either she is worthy and she's able to pick up Mjolnir or whether Thor gives her the ability to, or something like that to kind of save her. But, um, when she picks up Mjolnir, she becomes this God. Right. And then, so she's no longer cancer ridden. And she, this is basically has all the power and ability of Thor. Um, but when she isn't holding Mjolnir, she goes back to cancer ridden Jane Foster. So it's like this weird thing of like, well, and how uh, shout out to um, Greg Miller, who was talking about on the kind of funny screencast um, about this storyline. That's where I'm kind of grabbing it from. So I want to give him credit because he read it. I haven't read it yet. Um, but he's saying that like, it was interesting because if she isn't holding the hammer, 
Um, it's like also takes out all of the chemotherapy that she's done. Like it's basically, so she goes back to just being as sick as she started or whatever. So it's like this interesting thing of like, well, she could stay Thor all the time, but then like, how do you live your life that way? Kind of thing. And right. like, or she can, so it's, I, I think that's probably the route that they'll go in the movie is that at the beginning of the movie, Jane Foster will have cancer. And I think that's how you reunite those two characters. Right. Of like, after um i mean the throwaway line of how they broke up when in age of ultron and things like that um and the brief appearance in Endgame, which was just archival footage and you basically see her back for a moment or two yeah um and her face for a half a second um i could see that playing out and seeing how that plays into it and um i don't know how do you bring mjolnir back into this i mean i guess you could Cap did take it at the end of Endgame to probably return to that timeline, right? Right. Um, so maybe it's buried somewhere. I mean, they still have that technology, though, too, right? Right. So maybe there's something there. Um, but Or maybe they go a completely different route. But I think that might be interesting of, like, to cure her cancer or something. They Like, Thor has to, like, I don't know, somehow... Or maybe she just picks it up or tries to pick Crazy it up. Crazy glues day it to like, her hand. Yeah. I don't know. I, but shout out to Natalie Portman. I love Natalie Portman. I yeah, think both great. of you, uh, both of us are in that camp of, I, I think she gets shit on recently from film Twitter and, and right. or certain, well, for the accents, a certain like group that. of film Twitter. And, um, uh, I think she's great. Uh, I love Taika Waititi. I love what he's done with Thor of basically making it He-Man <laughs> essentially. Um, well, just those eighties title yeah. fonts. Like it's amazing. It's, it's good um, stuff. I, and I can't wait to see how out there he gets. Cause I feel like it'll be even more out there than Ragnarok even was. And like, I, I've hopefully it's super colorful and ridiculous and over the top. Can't wait for more Corgan Meek. Um, I think this is my most, even though it's the last one they announced, but I think this is my most anticipated out of all of these Marvel movies, just because of how much I loved Ragnarok. Yeah. Hope the world doesn't Um, end before then. God, please let us get to phase five at least. Um, and, uh, yeah, that rounds up the Marvel announcements other than the blade one. The blade thing was a surprise, but then Eric talked about it halfway through. So, yeah. Um, your thoughts, um, being you've. I, I always like, because I've seen your journey through the, out the MCU too, and I've seen you kind of come around on it a little bit. And, right. Uh, um, it, just, it just depends on the film, I think. Like, yeah. it, it comes down to, like, who's directing it, what the style is, and, you know, if it's a good story. Like, I, there, there are some that work, there are some that don't, there are some that are in, in between, but I think they've gotten better, or at least I've become more used to them as, 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 time have gone, as time's gone by. But, like... The best stuff is, I think, the weirder stuff. And I think the movie that really kind of got me going on it was Guardians. And it was just because it was so kind of like bottom of the barrel, you know, superhero characters. I think it took a turn around that time, right? Or the whole MCU did, yeah. Like it felt like, well, we have a talking tree and raccoon. Like let's just... Let's ease up a little bit yeah. on how much we control. Like, don't take ourselves too seriously. And actually give um, the filmmaker some control. I mean, even though, like, the whole James Gunn thing has been a weird odyssey on its own. Um, but, I, I, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. I'm, I'm interested to know, like, if this next phase will establish a looming big bad the way that they did with... 
um, Thanos? Like, will we get a Galactus or... Um, I think in Eternals you might see some teases at that. Yeah. Um, or are we going to get something else entirely? Like, maybe Doctor Doom or... Because, or... like, how do they set up Fantastic Four? Will one of these films kind of tease at that? Did we already get a tease in yeah. Spider-Man with it? And I also have this feeling that, like, more will be discussed or maybe even... Phase five, 5 will be laid out during D23. So Kevin Feige has come out and said that they have the lineup for Phase 5. Like, they know the release dates and what movies. Like, they have it So laid maybe out. they are saving and, that for... And he said that they were debating on, like, should we give you Phase 4 and 5 at Comic-Con? So then that makes me think, I think we might get Phase 5 at D23. Because there was also someone... Because um, what are they going to do at, I, fa- at, at D23 if they don't have anything else like yeah they're, they're still gonna be there right yeah and they could show footage i guess if if you have a couple more weeks of filming on some of this stuff but again i want to give a shout out go watch the kind of funny screencast with um kevin coelho tim gettys and and greg miller i i hate like stealing things that they said i'm not trying to steal them it's just they talked about some interesting stuff on their podcast as well and i think tim who is very good at sleuthing and finding out like every little little tidbit online tim mentioned that there was one of these marvel insider guys on twitter that i i sorry i i I don't have his name but um i just thought it was an interesting little piece he's like he's not always right with what he said but the one thing he tweeted out was go he said if you guys think this is good just wait till d23 and did like a winking emoji um so i know what you know what could happen morph morph dude i (laughs) i was gonna make a fake you know how people were doing like fake logos and yeah. marvel studios thing so i'm thinking about making a morph one and an alpha flight one and being like this is I, I could actually um, i could see alpha flight at some point hire a canadian filmmaker and like yeah I which mean, canadian filmmaker would you want to see make alpha flight david cronenberg's yeah. alpha flight yeah adam mcgoyan's alpha flight. i mean obviously the popular choices would be like a denny villeneuve but i don't yeah. think he'll he would do that but um i think you need someone a little I think you'd just go smaller. Yeah, Xavier Dolan's Alpha Flight. Michael Douse. Yeah, my, I could see that, actually. Yeah, I mean, he's already worked with two Guardians, yeah, right? Yeah. And, I'll, yeah, I could see Michael Douse uh, being that kind of uh, journeyman guy who, who you could scoop up for pretty cheap that would make a... Yeah, and he would probably have fun with, like, just, like, the accents and kind of playing with those characters. You're winning me over. Michael Douse's Alpha Flight does yeah. sound dope. Yeah. It's like the FUBAR guys are in it. Yeah, like, you could... Uh, I'd be totally down with that um, if they get into the weirder territory of that kind of X-Men universe. But Yeah, um, which they could eventually. Like, I mean, even if it was just a Disney Plus show, like, I could just see them like, why the hell not? (laughs) Yeah, I'd be down. Uh, I'm thrilled with the announcements. Uh, The next two years are going to be – I was kind of going, oh, what what are we going to get? Now, if you could only pick one, I think I know your answer. Which one of them is the one you're looking forward to the most? Let's do one Disney Plus, one film each will go. Um, Yeah, it's got to be Thor, Love and Thunder for me. I mean, Ragnarok's up there in my top two or three Marvel movies. Um, I absolutely love the humor and the style of that. I feel like – the Thor characters finally figuring out what he should be in this universe and bringing Natalie Portman back um, is fascinating to me. And um, I want to see how that's executed and if they go that cancer route, but that seems almost too serious for. Well, I mean, Taika's... they did with guardians though, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Peter and yeah, that's mom. fair. Yeah. 
I guess you could open it and kind of that that being said, and then she's cured because of Mjolnir or whatever. But, right. Uh, and then from the the TV series, <sighs> man, um, I think What If I'm most excited for from the TV series. I mean, as much as like, I think maybe because it's the most fresh or, or new. Right. Um, but it's also de- like, I would also pick What If, but it also depends on the animation style. Like if the if the animation yeah. style just doesn't work for me, that could be... It's going to be tough to watch it. Yeah. Right? Even if it is well written, like it it all kind of falls on on what they do with that animation. Like, do they go with the Big Hero 6 style uh, CGI or do they, you know, go with the traditional hand drawings that you mentioned? Like... Or do they do combinations of all of them or hybrids of, of it all? Yeah, each episode could have a different art style too, right? Kind of yeah. matching the tone of the episode or the series that they're tackling. So Yeah, and that and that can also be a problem with anthology. I mean, I've talked about this before with anthology films and, and series. I mean, like if if you're not hitting, you know, a hundred percent every time, which you're not, because every story is different, you're going to like, you know, some stories more than others, right? Some will feel more like fillers or just you and know, will it, additions than the ones that you really, really enjoyed. And I always wondered, like, will it feel significant enough or will it just feel like throwaway? Kind right. of like, oh, that was fun, but it doesn't really mean anything. So, But the thing that is intriguing is that putting it on that phase four roadmap, like, it's not just some side thing. Like, it seems like it's an integral part of this universe, right? And I think maybe introducing... Jeffrey Wright is the watcher. Um, and I, I have a feeling that he'll probably be live action. And I feel like they'll, they'll shoot those as like, well, a, isn't, isn't, aren't the watchers like those, like guys with the big heads. Yeah. And they're kind of the overseers of the whole MC or Cause they were Marvel in, universe. Was it guardians? I think, uh, yeah. Stan, Stan Lee's cameo are yeah. with some watchers, but yeah, not, he'll the, be there's like the one keeper. They'll watcher. Like yeah. And then there's the watchers, I think, or I might be getting that wrong, but um, but not the Watcher starring Keanu Reeves. No, but Keanu Reeves rumored to be in the MCU at some point, right? For Guardians or some well, he was going to play Eternals. the Jude Law role in Captain Marvel. Yeah, and then I think he was also rumored for uh, the Eternals. Eternals too, right? Yeah. Um, um, movie wise, I would say Doctor Strange for okay, me. cool. I'm, I'm I, I think Thor would be the one, but I just don't want to repeat the repeat, same thing. Yeah. Um, but, so are, are two the same? What if and Thor? yeah, yeah. But <laughs> which are the two say, latest ones? But too. I'll say Doctor Strange just because I feel like the first one had a lot of potential and it didn't really land on what it could have been. But I also thought like, hey, you know what? Maybe a sequel would actually be good. And I like the idea of just doing like a straight up horror movie and seeing how that will work in a MCU set universe. Yeah. Um, and I think it could be fun. Um, I agree completely. I love the name. I think you could go really out there with it. And I like Yeah, the people psych- were saying that it's like John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, and I love the psychedelic imagery in that first movie. And I agree with you that it, there was something missing there that ended up it being kind of in the middle of the pact of pack of marvel movies for me yeah like um, it like there maybe some of the humor just didn't fly um i felt as much as i like mads mickelson um that villain was kind of weak i think the stuff that i liked the most in that movie was him traveling to nepal and then once you kind of got into some of the supernatural stuff other than maybe with the exception of uh dharmamu is that dormammu yeah yeah um which i kind of liked that 
visual or like how they played with that at the end with time yeah and like i always wondered how long he spent there because yeah. like he did get a little bit of gray hair and stuff right yeah like that was during his he got time. it he had his rogue moment because he did age a little bit while he yeah. was doing that over and over again right um which makes that way more fucked up if you think about it like right. just dying continuously for probably years until you eventually tired that guy out well it's it's uh it's edge of tomorrow right yeah, it's fucked, man. I want to rewatch that too. It's a good movie. Ooh, now that I have this Dolby Atmos thing, and um, I also want to mention that's not um, Marvel related. That I came up with a theory uh, for uh, the new Saw movie that you said. That right. I should so mention. okay, let's wrap up the Marvel stuff. Um, super pumped for all of it. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, more. Let's not go over all of the news, but let's do the the Saw thing to close out the show. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else uh, worthy. No. Halloween's coming out 2021, 2022. But this also um, kind of relates to Saw because yeah. Saw moved from uh, October of next year to May. And I think maybe part of it is because of Halloween. So wait, does... Halloween's 2020 and 2021. Yeah, correct? so yeah. Halloween kills and then Halloween ends. Yes. And so I think maybe Saw strategically yeah. moved from October One... to May so it doesn't compete with it. 100%. But what I wanted to say was that um, I have a college professor that's working on the film, and he posted a photo um, on set. And on has that fa- been posted anywhere? Has anyone picked that up? No. So, this... but it's but it's on Facebook, so right. I, it's not like I'm. No, 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 you're not. Like, no. there's. I, I think it's totally fair. So for you to it's talk about under. It. It's going under the title of the organ donor, um, <laughs> and this is my theory. This is my crackpot theory. My theory is that. Uh, Jigsaw's organs are donated um, at the end of Saw 3. At the end of Saw 3. And whether it be his heart or kidneys or liver or or whatever tissue uh, is donated to, say, Samuel Jackson's character who's playing the father of Chris Rock's uh, police officer. And the organ possesses him and turns him into the next Jigsaw or Jigsaw works within him. So essentially, maybe he has a split personality, or maybe it's Tobin Bell has just fully possessed yeah. Sam Jackson, and um, that could be the fine. See, you're already spoiling it because I feel like, and this is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. And sorry for everyone if Eric's completely right and he spoils the whole. God, I hope I'm not. The, but could you imagine if oh I was? Oh my dude, if you're right in the final twist in the movie, you hear and they go in and they reveal exactly what you're saying of like, oh twenty. Uh, 10 years ago <laughs> or whatever like the voiceover comes in and they get Tobin Bell like to like and maybe that's the voice inside Sam Jackson's head is like Tobin Bell or something oh dude you're getting me so excited right now it sounds so dumb and if it's not it should be a movie <laughs> I mean we wanted that when Jigsaw came out last year we were I was kind of hoping they were going the supernatural route right and because they always um, usually do like at some point you always get to that point where a serial killer becomes supernatural, so that's how you can keep the series going, right? Right, and I, and it seems like that's the type of idea I could see Chris Rock of like pitching to them. Like it's so out there where yeah. they're like, you know what? Yeah, hell yeah. Well, it reminds <laughs> me like going back to uh, Scream Factory and Shout Factory. There was a movie that they're releasing um, either later this year or next year, which was one of their movies that they announced called Body Parts. And it's a movie about a guy who gets into a really horrible car accident and loses his arm and he gets an arm transplant, but he realizes that the arm of the person used to be a serial killer and it's telling him to do things. It's like idle hands. Yeah. 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 Um, 
I'm totally into that, dude. I think that is awesome. And I think you might have figured it out and you might have um, spoiled the final, like, shocking twist in the movie. Right. Um, so I, I, it's only a theory right now. So yeah. if you're right, fucking eight. Well, I'm, I will link if to I'm this. If I'm not fanfic if you are right i will break this out when the movie comes out and be like eric literally called this a year ago um and said that this is gonna be the you should even put that out on social or something too but um 2020 will be the summer of saw uh (laughs) i cannot wait i people say that they've been bumping into chris rock and um and sam jackson like on queen street west which is where i live um or maybe it's Queen East because that's usually where some of the studio space is, is out east um, in the city. But I think they've been shooting around the city. But um, they've been showing up at random restaurants and, and art galleries and, and, and things like that. I'm surprised if Sam Jackson should have showed up at the Jackie Brown screening yesterday. Right. Um, or do the right thing even. Yeah. Um, it would someone be saw uh, Chris Rock – or no, Sam Jackson hanging out with uh, Spike – Spike Lee yeah. at some point. It would be amazing if uh, they announced uh, for Midnight Madness that Saw was ready to go. Oh my god, I would love that. They like they literally just finished it that quickly because it would be, be full circle in a weird way. Because Saw start like I mean it played at TIFF originally. It so. premiered at Midnight Madness. Yes, that would be amazing. Uh, but I doubt it. I doubt they could have it finished by. I mean. They could if they already. They really it up. could. Let's. Who are we kidding? Like they're probably already done. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you just use the score from the first movie. You don't even really need to. No, they talked about the composers coming back to. Um, uh, uh, who did create one of the most iconic pieces of horror music? I think in in recent memory, like everyone knows. He's that the Harry Manfredini of his time. Um, the guy who did the score, the main theme for Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I mean that Saw theme. Everyone. You know when that shit starts slapping, like you're about to get some fucking. <laughs> we're gonna get sawn. You're gonna get some ridiculous twist that you either completely predicted or is so out of left field that you're like, all right, let's fucking run with it. And I hope your organ donor theory, um, like that's it's that's gotta be it. I hope I'm so. I'm convinced that you got you nailed this. I'm convinced. <laughs> um, and now you're getting me real excited. Uh, this is and, gonna be so dumb. Oh. <laughs> One hundred percent. All right, guys. I think that wraps up this uh, uh, jam. I God, we did f- almost five hours of podcasting today. No, yeah, five hours. You're welcome. Um, I, I don't know whether to put this out this week or save it so we don't have to do something this weekend, but we'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> well, you... we'll still. I mean, we'll still do uh, the review for once. I mean, obviously, oh, yes, it'll be yeah, up yeah. before. The... Or as you're even listening maybe to Maybe a shorter episode. We'll yeah. figure out. Depending on what news happens this week. Yeah. Like if there um, isn't really anything, maybe we'll just kind of save this. And maybe you're listening to this on Monday. Yeah. Um, but we'll figure it out. Um, we'll release it on Friday. Yeah. Or on the weekend. We'll figure it out. I want people to hear our Marvel thoughts, you know? Yeah. Even, well, I want people to hear my thought, Saw Theory saw, thought. That's also true. Yeah. Uh, we'll tease that. And then anyways, you guys are already listening to it anyways. But um, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you guys like this nonsense, uh, Eric and I uh, do a reviews podcast called Untitled Movie Reviews where we uh, – I mean surprise, surprise uh, – review movies. Uh, right now we have uh, reviews up for The Farewell as well as The Lion King and 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood should be up by the time you're listening to this. If it's not, uh, it should be out around the release date or close to it. And coming soon, um, we'll have uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Heck yeah, we will. That's like next week, isn't yep. it? Oh. It's the end of July next week. Oh my God. As we're recording this. Oh my God. I'm excited. Um, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the interwebs, uh, mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com, and you can follow me on all of the social medias at Matt Rohrbeck, specifically Twitter and Letterboxd. I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. And until next time, saw you later. Game over.